the blast from our past network. Supernatural, Halloween, exploitation, slashers, and everything in between. Welcome to the Podcasting After Dark Watch List, the show where a guest chooses a topic and the hosts, along with the guest, discuss their top five favorites. Light a candle, hide your Ouija board, and enjoy the Podcasting After Dark Watch List. Welcome to another Podcasting After Dark Watch List. I'm one half of the Zach and Corey team. I'm Zach, and I'm back. And I'm, I don't mean to rhyme, but I don't have the time. Sorry, that's that's ridiculous, but I'm going to say it anyways. <laughs> um, and it's my turn to do another watch list. As you very well know, the last watch list I did was with my good homeboy Diallo, and we talked about buddy movies. Well, today I'm back with another very, very, very good friend of mine. Uh, he's an actor. He's a teacher. He's an all-around uh, scholarly fellow. His name is Dwayne Bartholomew. Dwayne, what is happening, dude? Hey, what is going on, Zach? It is a pleasure, a pleasure to be to be on Podcasting After Dark. The pad is as beautiful as it was in my ears the whole time I was listening to you. Oh, nice, nice. <laughs> well, I will tell you, I will tell you when you kind of pitched this idea for the upcoming episode, I was like, well, this is perfect pad material. Yes. And, um... And maybe it's more appropriate to have uh, Sleazy C on the show, but uh, um, yeah. you know what? I, I, I think I think in the re- in the realm of what we're going to be talking about today, it's, I have plenty to fill and talk about it. And and mm-hmm. when I say fill, I don't mean filling anything in. Uh, but this will be a very titillating experience, uh, one for the memories, if you will. Um, <laughs> Because if you haven't guessed already by my ridiculous puns. Sex. And, <laughs> yeah. We're talking about oh, our wait, top wait. five. We're, uh, we're our top five nude scenes. Nude scenes. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Nude scenes in cinema. And, you know. Yes. Top five movies with a nude scene exactly, in it. To exactly. Exactly. To be specific. And, um, you know, this, this uh, we'll get into our lists. And, uh, you know, I'm going to start off exactly with. Uh, you know, a, a movie that uh, is the first one that came into my head when I thought of this, and so many more flowed, uh, like the um, the mighty river of uh, of adolescence <laughs> when many of these movies came into my life. But um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I, I was thinking there's no one else I'd rather have this uh, titillating uh, conversation <laughs> with than uh, than you, Zach. Um, and uh, I'm just excited. I'm excited. I will tell you having you on the show is a really big deal um, because, you know, it, it's, it's one thing to have a guest on that, that I, I've known through their, their work, uh, but to have a buddy on and to be able to share uh, mutual love of movies that just happen to have a bunch of nudity in, yeah. uh, you know, that's a whole other story, yeah. but, yeah. but just a backstory on you and I, and our relationship, we've known each other for quite a few years, uh, probably a decade at this point. Over. And, and when I first met Dwayne, um, he, he was, I, I instantly knew before he even knew you were an actor or anything. I'm like, this guy has got to be involved in uh, Hollywood in some way. He's got to be an actor, entertainer. And you, you were doing improv work at Second yes. City uh, yeah. and in, selling in and selling cocaine out of the back alley. 
<laughs> yeah, you know, because that's what you do to <laughs> stay hot. Talk exactly. to Robin Williams about. I that. mean, or Andy, Andy not. Dick got to eat. You know, I mean, uh, it's. Uh, <laughs> I'm just, you know. <laughs> it was. I was gonna say, was it Andy Dick? I yeah. Or was no? It was Chris Kattan, I think. Um, oh yes, Chris Kattan. Oh man. Yes. Oh yes. Good, good times in Hollywood in the uh, the early aughts. It was. It was great. <laughs> But uh, but Dwayne and and I, I affectionately refer to him as D. Yes. Uh, so I will be calling him D throughout Jeez. the episode. If you're like, who the hell are you talking about? Dwayne um, is my father. Yeah, dude. So so D D you you uh you were an actor for quite some time in L.A. Right? Yes, yes, yes. Quite some time. Um, you know, I I I think much much like many of our friends, uh, I was a latchkey kid. Uh, cinema raised me. Um, you know, uh, uh, I mean, my mom did a decent job, I guess, but yeah, but mostly cinema. And, uh, I, I came out to LA for a while. I was doing uh, the comedy scene and, uh, doing some movies with a bunch of my friends. I went to, uh, SC film school. Ooh la la. That was, that was expensive. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, like, you know, I, uh, it was, it was a great, a great time in my life. Uh, but ultimately, you know, I, I also loved helping kids and, and you know, uh, if it wasn't for a lot of important teachers in my life, I wouldn't have gotten into education. So, um, you know, ultimately, ultimately I, I, you know, I chose a path for myself and, and, you know, I still dabble with the comedy and the acting and everything. But, you know, I also try to make a difference in my community as well. And now let's talk you... about boobs in movies. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, yeah, you you and I both. And I think that's another you know, awesome connection we have is, is our work with kids. And so people are often like, Oh, you know, Oh, you guys are so wholesome. Like, well, yeah, but that's our job. Yeah. And then we go home at the end of the night and <laughs> exactly. you know, it all changes. Yeah. No, uh, <laughs> a good, a but, good Van Damme movies on. And it's like, Oh yeah. All hell's breaking loose. Now these guys yeah. are out of the cages. <laughs> and, and to, and to be totally, um, uh, upfront and honest about this this topic yeah we are talking about nudity in movies and our, our favorite our top five films that have nudity in them and but here's the thing guys like there i think you will be surprised at what is on our list today because it's not going to be or may may or may not be like hard ticket to hawaii or um you know she's my tutor but no. uh from the but yeah you and i both have a, an affinity and love of cinema we did the first time we met each other um and then you, you yeah i i knew you're an amazing improv actor uh and performer and then you did a, a film not that long ago called cement suitcase which is really a great movie you had a fantastic lead performance in that movie can you give yeah. us a little taste about what that movie's about and all that yeah um well uh at, at film school i met a lot of really talented people and one of them is the director and writer of the film cement suitcase uh rick castaneda and he's from the great state of washington uh my favorite sec my second favorite state in the union california is still near and dear to my heart but um yeah he wrote and directed a film in his hometown of yakima valley uh granger specifically uh, and uh, asked me to be the lead in it. Uh, we've worked for multiple years on that. And uh, yeah, if you guys have a couple butt bucks and nothing to do, um, then go on to Amazon and, and order yourself a copy of uh, Cement Suitcase. Fun little film about a guy just, you know, hard on, <sighs> tough time in his life. Uh, you know, the girlfriend is uh, might be stepping out on him. I don't know. Uh, maybe he's not getting <laughs> as fulfilled in his work as he'd like. Um, but, uh, you know, through creativity and invention, he kind of finds his own way in this crazy world that we're living in. So, uh, yeah, a really fun film, 
that uh, I'm very proud of, uh, of my work, Rick's work, everybody who worked on it. In the, and to this day, I have not paid for a meal in the Yakima Valley since. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I, that would be even more reason to go live there because <laughs> in this day and age, like, yes, I, just I am also, meals. yeah, I'm also morbidly obese and I eat a lot. So it's, it's <laughs> I mean, th- that town is going to be under, I mean, in a matter yeah, right? of weeks. <laughs> Can you imagine if they had like a, uh, what is, what are those, uh, golden corral or, oh. uh, <laughs> Oh, oh, oh if you imagine if they do, oh, yes, they do. Yes, they do. I just, oh, really? Right, here's a shout out to, I mean, all of your uh, Washington listeners. There is a place that to this day I love. Just the audacity of the idea. There's a small town in Yakima called Zilla. Z-I-L-L-A-H. Wow. And there nice. is a church in the town Zilla. It is the Church of God in Zilla. And on the sign, they have a huge, uh, like, wire-built Godzilla. And the words God and Zilla are the largest on the, on the sign. <laughs> well done, people of Zilla. Well As done. As they should. <laughs> As they should. More people stop at the church to take a picture in front of the Godzilla church than they do go to the church. But you know what? They still hey, it's it's their brand, and they rock. You know what? In in this day and age, you got to have something. You got to have something that gets people going. And I don't care if it's yeah, more power to them if they're honoring a you know a radioactive lizard from uh, <laughs> from Japan. What what else would prove God more? I ask you, what else would prove God more than a radioactive yeah. lizard coming from the sea to either vanquish us or to be our best friend? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the movies really, are, they're not clear on it either. The movies go back and forth on that same concept. So, you know, it's pretty Yeah, right. yeah pretty no, I, th- still, I think they're still trying to figure that out, I'm, I'm, <laughs> fortunately exactly. or unfortunately. But uh, yeah, and so so going back to Cement Suitcase, mm-hmm. it's, it's, a really, it's, a, it's a really, really enjoyable film. Uh, and, and Dee puts out a fantastic performance. Yeah, it's on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll plug it again at the end of the show. Yep. And and, and you're also, you have another film maybe coming yes. out by the same director? Yes, yes. Uh, me and uh, Rick worked on another project. It's called All Sorts. Um, and it is a, a lovable, uh, fanciful film um, about uh, the underground filing uh, ring uh, where big top dollars are being shelled out to see who the best filer in the world is. I'm, I'm really I, <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> it, because this is the thing: is people love nostalgia, and as files go away, we we put our stake in the ground and say, "Don't ever forget, don't ever forget, files need to be filed, and the ones that yeah, are good dude. at it, they should be celebrated." Okay, yeah. I, no, you got me with that. I'm, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm into it. I'm into it. <laughs> I mean, because it, it is a, it is an art form. Um, <laughs> just, just like, just like the, how spelling is what is no longer really a big deal, and nope. uh, just like all the things that we loved as kids or we were told were important as kids are not important anymore. Nope. Uh, but everything comes back. So you're a filer. <laughs> no, hey, and then, and you know, we're gonna do a movie about cursive. Um, we're gonna do a movie about. <laughs> party lines i'm telling you i'm telling you we're gonna hit all of the it's it's like the netflix model you know someone's gonna watch it so we make it that's our goal 
someone's gonna watch it. There's so an maybe. audience. Hey, look, if if uh, if you can make if you can make a movie or a TV show about uh, well, you know, it could be about paper clips, a paperclip mm-hmm. manufacturer yeah. company. You know, someone. Yeah. Will, oh my God! Did you see that documentary on Netflix about the the history of paper clips? <laughs> I'm telling you. I, I mean, I, I I can't stop watching the one about the. Uh, all of the drug addicts that are apparently um, going through uh, uh, all of the drug cases in the state of Massachusetts and taking all the crack for themselves. Like it is, there's a lot going on in this big wide world that I knew nothing about because I was at home watching movies with nude scenes and I bring it back. (laughs) Nice. Bringing it back. Okay. So yeah, back on topic, back on our watch list, watch lists are for those people that don't know. It's uh, it's, it's, myself or Corey and we have a special guest on and we do like a top five of whatever topics we want uh with my buddy Diallo we did our top five buddy movies with um uh Corey did one with Tess uh from OCD and they did a top five uh like Halloween films so tonight today's topic and I said it earlier was uh, the top five movies that have a nude scene in yes. them yes and in we, honor we of have some honorable mentions in honor of yeah, yeah exactly because you know by the time this airs it'll be 2021 no uh, <laughs> that's kind of funny sometimes because people are like oh uh so when's this gonna air i'm like well we we kind of you know yeah. have them we bet record them ahead of time they're like okay so it's gonna come out like next week no like about six months <laughs> yeah. oh so everything right. i just promoted that's gonna be like happening is yeah well it'll still be there in the internet yeah so yeah exactly. anyways nothing dies uh yeah, so let's jump right into it. Uh, balls to the wall. Because we're not just talking... Okay, so when people were like, Some oh, nude my, scenes. My movie might have balls on a wall. Okay? Like, yeah. That's the world we're so, getting into. <laughs> we are very equal opportunity here. So, uh, yeah, I, I think we didn't flip a coin, but if we did, uh, I would have given it to D anyways. So, D, you're going to start with your top... Your number five. Yes. Yes. Uh, and what is your number five? My, my number five. Uh, starring the uh, amazing Joyce Heiser, uh, the amazing Billy Jane. <laughs> I told you I was going to come hard out of the gate because I know, I know Bro. this movie was probably on your list, Zach. Yep. And it, this was the yep. reason why I thought of this. Just one of the guys. Cherry's a girl who wanted to be taken seriously. I am going to be a reporter. But her body kept getting in the way. Pretty girl, you could be a model. Sometimes I just wish I were a guy. Now, you know, the male body needs sex at all times. It's a living hell. So to prove to the men in her life she had a mind, Cherry decided to try life as a guy. How do I look? Dashing. My zipper's open. That was the dashing part. What a fox. Dresses like Elvis Costello. Looks like the karate kid. I'm gonna get him. Today's woman has the freedom to be just as sick and perverted as us guys. She learned their secrets. I have surprise jock inspections three times a week. A word to the wise. And dated their women. Yeah, but I got this one rule. I never go out with girls who say bitch. Now the question is... What's going on? Wait, it gets better. Can a girl tell the boy she loves... Terry's such a stallion. Go on, show me Harry Chet. She's not the man. He thinks she is? Wait a minute, are those what I think they are? Yep, it's one of a kind. My bro. Just one of the guys. Just 
confused. Of course you're confused. You're wearing my underwear. Yes. Oh yeah. This, it was my number five. It, it was, was my number five. It was. Yeah, okay. but I'm gonna oh. bump it. So okay. anyway, go. I appreciate it. This movie was transformational for me, um, not because of the scene and the nude scene, but because this was like the first movie for me that you know was on that 10 a.m. HBO loop every single Saturday for some reason, and yeah. every time I flipped through the channels, just one of the guys would be on, and yep. it, it's a movie that has everything. You know, I mean. Do you want an amazing comedic performance by an actor that you will see on an episode of Diagnosis Murder five years later? This is that movie. <laughs> Do you want a movie with a, a, a amount of, of cultural appropriation of James Brown music that's just yes. right below the line of offensiveness to the point where you're <laughs> celebrating for that guy? Yes, this is that movie. And do you want a movie taking place in California, beautiful California, with a woman with the thickest New York accent that you have ever heard? <laughs> this is that movie. I'm telling you, just one of the guys, the reason why this is my five and is such a, a quintessential movie, <laughs> such a quintessential movie, is one. A cast of unknowns, cast of unknowns that are all giving amazing performances. Um, a great poster, a poster that, that, that you know, great. it's spoiler alert if you haven't seen Austin Powers, but the poster did it better. And because yep. yep. she's holding yep. two, two like big like balls in front of her chest at, in the gym with all the guys. And it's just like, oh, yep. I just the poster tells me everything I need to know about the movie. Perfect. Thank you. Yep. But the main thing here is the nude scene is actually the downward point in the arc of conflict. It's not just a nude scene, like, like most 80s movies that, I mean, some of them I love, but you know, you'll, you'll, you'll see a movie where it's just blatant nudity for no reason. You know, I, yeah. I, I, I'll go to my, you know, my stripes, you know, I wish I was a loofah, you know, I'll go to, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, my weird science where it's like, why is the lady playing piano have to be naked when the wind blows everything out? You know, there's a million things, right? <laughs> But yeah. in this movie, the nudity actually informs the relationship between the characters and what, what's going to happen next. You know, when yep. she reveals her bosom to, to him, it is a moment of, whoa, one, can't believe they just did that in the movie. Because up until that point, you know, yep. it was like, you know, like uh, Playboys in the background, but nothing really overt. Yeah. And then the thing is like, oh, our, our, our main, like, you know, well, I mean, the secondary character has to Rick. now. Yep. Yeah, Rick has to now take this information in, given to him in such an aggressive way, but it's like, well, now what will he do? And from that point, it's like, I mean, everything else that happens in the, the whole prom scene is great, but just that moment, what a great use of nudity to reveal a secret and a plot point to actually move the movie along and actually heighten the stakes. Genius. I, yeah, I look, I, it was on my list as well. Um, and, and, and for very much the, the same reasons, I was just talking about this movie earlier today and, and, and the fact that it is kind of ahead of its time. Uh, I think it was trying to do something different that it, it the nudity meant something. Um, and the, the lead actress, 
uh, Joyce Hisser, who plays Terry, like you said, with that New York, thick New York accent. Uh, <laughs> unbelievably, like, hot through the whole thing. Yes. And then, you know, and, and then the big reveal, you're like, she still looks like a, because she does. She looks yeah. like a convincing dude through the mm-hmm. whole thing. And then she rips her shirt open. You're like, oh, and I'm looking at a dude's yeah. face and a beautiful body. Yeah. And that's the other thing, yeah. too. Like, I'm just going to, like, I tip my cap where I see, I mean, great work, God. Because, I mean, I mean yes. I'm, I'm amazing, amazingly beautiful young lady. And, yeah. uh, uh, I mean, well-lit shot as well. Good job at the cinematography. <laughs> but, yeah, the, the, the soundtrack is great. Oh, uh, great cast of characters. William Zabka, Johnny from Karate mm-hmm. Kid, Got mostly it. known, you know, mm-hmm. is, the prote- is the antagonist in this. One of the two antagonists in it, if you think about it. Yep. Uh, that, that dance scene is probably one of my favorite scenes because I was – like I said, I was just talking about this movie, and someone said, "Oh, was one? What's one? What's your favorite scene?" <laughs> and I said, "Well, actually, it's it's the dance scene because yeah. it's so much fun." The guy Clayton Roner, I wanted to be Clayton Roner when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I, I just thought he was the coolest thing in the world. And yeah, at the time, I didn't think about the cultural appropriation of James <laughs> Brown, but I'm like, actually, there's they're all white dudes in this yeah, movie. Exactly. Like, <laughs> and, and, and you know what? I appreciate it. At least there's this, you know, because this is the suburbs, you know. It's like, come on, man. Yeah, and yeah. you know, as, supposed to be the valley. Hey, hey, as you know, a African myself, I just appreciate the nod, you know, because it just amplifies the soundtrack and the music that much more. And it and it it shows a character trait where it's like this guy's yep. a little different, you know. This guy's a little different, and and it works in in the the the, the arc of the character as well. Yeah, dude. Nice pick. Ah, nice choice. It was sitting right there. Yeah, time. no, I, <laughs> you know, and it's funny, as I was making my list as well, and I was like, you know what, this is the movie that, okay, uh, this has to be in my list, mm-hmm. because yeah, I remember seeing it up and down, and it's a PG-13 movie, and, and everyone needs to recognize this movie came out in 85, mm-hmm. uh, P, the, the PG-13 late uh, rating hadn't really, kind of just came into its, its, its inception at that time, so... This movie would definitely be an R by today's standards oh, yeah. mm-hmm. because not just the the nudity, but the, 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 the you know, the, the, the content. Yeah. Yeah. Well, right. Yeah. The homophobia, <laughs> you know, and then her little brother, Bub, uh, Buddy, mm-hmm. who is like, you know, total pervert. Oh, my God. And he's a predator. The whole thing. Like that guy. Yeah, he's a total he predator. He should be in jail. Yeah. <laughs> But amazing comedic yeah. performance too by an actor that Dude, I just so mean, good. you know, where what hat why didn't he get more, you know, who was on his corner? Because yeah. uh, the actor Billy Jane is the guy's name. Like, Billy Jane, know, yeah. He he's giving it his all in a classic like, I mean that's like a quintessential eighties comic relief role and he nails it. Nails it. Yeah, I don't know why he I mean he was in he was in some great stuff in the eighties and nine early nineties, but he and now he's uh you know musician rock star yep. writer director mm-hmm. uh and and yeah dude like everybody that's in that p- puts out a great performance yep. and it, i think it, it, it's a movie that i i mentioned it to my wife Kristen, and she goes she goes oh, i want to watch that again I'm like mm-hmm. yeah because it, it's kind of a universal film you know it sure is nice nice and, choice and, thank you and one more thing female director which you would never think yes. in a movie like that female director and again big deal big she also directed uh, an episode of one of my favorite shows of all time, another HBO classic, Dream On. Dude, with Brian Ben Ben. Brian Ben Ben was the man. <laughs> and and I'm, I'm just saying, you know, uh, I, I believe her name is Lisa Gottlieb. 
Good work. Yes, good on you. Ni- good on you. Nice, dude. And nice, uh, nice Brian Benben reference. Oh, you know you can't. You can't perfect. get to a conversation with me without saying a Brian Benben reference. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be perfect for two dollar late fee as well. I threw that out one day to my co-host, and he's like, "Did you, Dustin uh, Rubin?" And he goes, "Is." Did you just make a Brian Benben reference? And go, yeah, dude. Dream on was like my jam back in the day. So good. I, being two latchkey kids, mm-hmm. obviously Corey is as well. Mm-hmm. Like we can all relate to that idea of television and movies going through your head when certain scenarios come up. So there you go. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so yeah, you number five. Just one of the guys. Nice pick, dude. Nice Thank pick. You. Thank you. Uh, I'm gonna go. Okay, so. Just one of the guys was number four on mine, but mm-hmm. I always have like a, well, I'm going to insert this one if this one doesn't work. Okay. Um, but my number five is a teen high school comedy as well. It's the 1982 film Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Universal Pictures presents everything you always wanted to do in high school with everyone you always wanted to do it with. Hey, bud. <laughs> Let's party. They're the students of Ridgemont High. <laughs> Brad Hamilton, the fast food king. I shall serve no fries for their time. It says 100% guaranteed, you moron. Mister, if you don't shut up, I'm going to kick 100% of your ass. Charles Jefferson, <laughs> a man with a mission. Oh, gnarly. Linda Barrett, not exactly the girl next door. Awesome. Totally awesome! And Jeff surfs up Spicoli. People on moods should not drive. That was my skull. I'm so wasted. See Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Again, nudity serving a purpose. And, you know, this is a classic comedy. Uh, it may, many people consider it to be the best high school teen comedy ever. Uh, it's up there. It it's was, there. It, it was actually one of the first high school teen comedies ever. Mm-hmm. So it, uh, when it came out in 82 and if you don't know, I mean, you're not going to be listening to our podcast if you don't know what fast times <laughs> rich my high is, yes. but, uh, you know, and it's got, it's got originally uh it had some male nudity in it as well actually ron johnson's butt i think does pop up but uh but uh you know phoebe cates clearly steals the show and her reveal the pool scene which in many ways is uh you know again female uh Mm -hmm. director and amy heckerling yep and Cameron Crowe wrote the screenplay. Can't, uh, I had, can't believe that. I, like to this day, that always shocks me that Cameron Crowe wrote Fast Times. It's amazing to me. And you know, I had the uh, opportunity to interview him for uh, Two Dollar Late Fee, mm-hmm. and, or sorry, not not Cameron Crowe, but but Robert Romanus. Oh, nice. Who plays Damone. Mm-hmm. And when when we talked about this, he he had talked about how Cameron Cameron was like. You know, this is this is in many ways autobiographical because he just took notes on everybody, and this is his experience in high school in San Diego uh, that he kind of snuck into, and you know, he was obviously older when he wrote the story and all that. But uh, yeah, Fast Times is, you know, quintessential '80s Valley movie. Um, Jennifer Jason Lee has is the other uh, female lead in the movie, and she has a couple very uncomfortable nude scenes in that movie. You know, where like the first one, she's I, I, they never call her out her age, but I'm assuming she's like 15 or 16 years old. Yeah. You know? 
But that's the because, great thing about uh, Fast Times, though, is that every if you told me that this movie is actually in a college, I'd believe it as well. Like it, it, everyone looks sixteen and thirty five at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> like Spicoli looks like he's paying a mortgage. Like somewhere, like, totally. like, you know what I'm saying? I mean, he wouldn't obviously. He'd probably default on all of his loans. But I'm just saying, he looks that old. <laughs> I think even uh, Sean Penn would probably do that too. Yes. But, but uh, yeah, no, dude. Like it, this movie. So apparently, uh, okay. So Jennifer Jason Lee had her scene with Ron Johnson in the uh, in the dugout, and it's a very uncomfortable scene because it's her. He, she's a virgin, and mm-hmm. he's like a much older dude. Uh, there's definitely a question of statutory rape going on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then later on, she is has a nude scene with Damone, uh, played by Robert Romanus, who was is my favorite character in the movie. And I think is a very tragic character mm-hmm. in many ways, like uh, t- to the point where when I talked to Robert Romanus about his character, he's like he kind of felt like he was a guy who came into the senior year from New Jersey, felt out of place just kind of had to connect with somebody. He's always trying to be like, he wanted to be bigger than he was, but he was kind of covering up for his insecurities. Totally get that. Uh, But apparently he had a full frontal nudity scene in his sex scene with Jennifer Jason Lee. And, but they cut it out. And and then obviously the, the Jennifer Jason Lee is in that scene. And, and it, and again, it serves a purpose because she's, she ends up, Spoiler alert, she ends up getting pregnant, mm-hmm. you know, and has to get an abortion and yada, yada, yada. But again, this movie is 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 a masterpiece for high school comedies. It's, yep. it's a classic. It's a classic. It it's it not is. exploitation. I don't feel like it's exploitive in any way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and and everything serves serves its purpose. Yep. Yeah, no, 100% agree. I think it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a cornerstone in the teen comedy genre. I mean, you don't. You don't get an American Pie. You don't get a. I mean, shoot. You don't get uh, a a Twenty One Jump Street without this. Yeah, dude. Like you know, I think that uh, Fast Times is just quintessential. You know, Uh, uh, but uh, I I, I can't. I can't argue. If anything, I would say you know, uh, this movie should be at at the end of our list as a as the the quintessential (laughs) hammer drop. But yes. Amazing choice. Amazing choice. Amazing choice. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I think for for myself anyways on this list when I was – there's a lot of – there's actually not a lot of movies in my top ten that Mm -hmm. have nudity in them. And Mm -hmm. so I was like, okay, well, what are my top movies that have nudity? Mm -hmm. And is it it like – does it serve a purpose? So most of my – on my list do serve a purpose to some degree. Uh, some yeah. one or two might not. So yeah, yeah exactly, and that and that's and that's the fun of this. I mean, one thing that I just like, there's certain people like a Gene Wilder, where you know they just disappear, and it's just one of those like what ifs, like what would what would have happened? And and Phoebe Cates, I know, like oh, she's yeah. she's done other big movies, big time movies. I get it. Uh, um shoot i drop dead fred i love drop dead fred great movie <laughs> i was just gonna say that yeah. great movie right i mean but just to think like she just just disappeared like i mean yeah. you know i mean just gave it all up and I, I just i respect it but um but like phoebe she got married to kevin klein and then yeah and then you know kind of retired quote unquote yeah and it's just like it's amazing because i i think what could she have done um you know, if she just, you know, if she, if she, if, if that didn't happen, if she didn't go down that path, it, I, I just think she would have, a, she would have had an amazing career. Yeah, and then Gremlins, of course. Gremlins, yeah. oh my god, yeah, 
A lot of hits. A lot of hits. So what is your number what is your uh, number four? My number four. Uh so you know, for my number four, this, I, this number four is less it, it's less about this specific movie. Now, this specific movie, I love this movie. This movie's a cornerstone. I'll tell you all the reasons why. That's why we're here. But it's more the director as a pastiche. See, I, this, that's, I spent, I spent $60,000 on that word, so I'm going to use it frequently. <laughs> Paul Verhoeven. Ooh. Ooh. As a director has a definite uh, model in a, in a programming. I mean, I, I was thinking, I was like, I got to do a Verhoeven movie here, all right? And, you okay. know, is it going to be Starship Troopers? Uh, I mean, one of Corey's favorites. Hey, hey, a co-ed shower really does, disc- it, it, it's not just for the nudity and exploitation, it's guys and girls, but the thing is, it describes the kind of world you're living in where it's like, hey, I don't care about this person being naked next to me and being the yep. opposite gender, because I'm trying to kill some bugs, and they killed totally. my brother, right? So Starship Troopers totally. could easily be on there, but it's not. Right? I push that aside. Okay. Wow. And, okay. I, I know, right? I mean, I, I mean, the, the, the guy has hits. I could say Total Recall. I could say Total Recall, right? Yeah, you could. I mean, that is a phenomenal. I'm, and and I, I know and some of these things might even be coming up later. Wink, wink. I hope. But <laughs> I went with one of my favorite thrillers in. Based in San Francisco in the Bay Area. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. And, and you know, it, it, I got to go basic instinct. We got 31 stab wounds. What was it? Ice pick. I'd like to speak to Miss Catherine Tremell, please. Is she a suspect? She's a suspect. I wanted to write a book about the murder of a retired rock and roll star. You know how she does the boyfriend? With an ice pick. She intended the book to be her alibi. I picked him up, and I had sex with him. You didn't feel anything for him, you just had sex with him for your book. In the beginning. Then I got to like what he did for me. You like playing games, don't you? It's nice. You've got no physical evidence. She's lying. What's your new book about? A detective who falls for the wrong woman. What happens? She kills him. Stay away from her. You are out of control, Kurt. You won't learn anything I don't want you to know. She knew I'd say she did it, and she knew that nobody would buy it. She is screwing with your head, Nick. She knows things about me that I only told you. How does it feel to kill someone? You tell me. Nicky got too close to the fire. Nicky liked it. You're in over your head. It was eternal affairs, wasn't it? She manipulates people. Freeze! How much did she pay you? Come on, play that! Come on! She knows where I live and breathe. Games are over, Nick. Ooh. Basic instinct is shot beautifully. The score is phenomenal. But it is... It sets the tone for the for for the Michael Douglas trilogy of guys getting screwed over. Or well, it doesn't set the tone, but it's like in the middle after Fatal Attraction, Basic Instinct lays down the hammer of like, hey, this is my lane and I'm going to run with it. The ball totally. kind of drops with uh, disclosure. But this is a juggernaut performance by Michael Douglas. 
it is the 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 the, the career point of Sharon Stone. Like you don't think of Sharon, of Sharon Stone without thinking of Basic Instinct. No, no. And, and I mean, th- this is the best thriller set in San Francisco to me since Vertigo. Wow, dude, that's you know what? I'm not going to argue with that. I I just think it's phenomenal. And and of course, like, you know, the scene that I'm talking about it, and this scene is it's very problematic, right? So many of the things we'll be talking about, ladies and gentlemen, today are very problematic. But yeah, and we also need to stress the fact, too, that yeah. like these are our five. Yes. These are not like you don't. These are not IMDb's no. five or Leonard Maltin's five. No. This is like our personal five that exactly. we would our go to's. Exactly. And this the, the, the scene in the interrogation. Right where the famous, yeah. you know, leg leg swap. It is so interesting to really watch that scene and watching Wayne Knight with the sweat dripping off his face and like, uh, right? I mean, watching <laughs> all these great actors in a, a situation that you've seen a million times in thriller movies, where the cops are have all the control and the purpose sitting up there, and you, hey, you know, we're grilling them until they break. But what about? If you used sex and nudity and your, you know, sexual uh, uh, um, power to yep. flip that situation where actually the cops are the ones that are being interrogated. The cops are the ones that are not in control. And the perp, who happens to be a beautiful woman, can utilize whatever she wants and has these guys on puppet strings. That is what I'm talking about with this. With, with like, It's a quintessential moment in all of this kind of this list for me, a movie like Basic Instinct just knocks it out of the part with, it, it's not just blatant nudity for blatant nudity, it's about nudity and sexuality and control. And that, to me, is just, it's phenomenal, phenomenal work. Yeah, if, if you watch that movie now, by today's standards, it's pretty damn tame. Like, mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. comparison to, yeah, there's, there is definitely... Uh, a great deal of nudity and sex throughout the whole movie, but it's not. Yeah, you're right. It's it. it, it Verhoeven gets a lot of shit for like Showgirls mm-hmm. and, and and understandably because the movie's kind of trash. But yeah. but yet he he's he is a shock director. Un, like he has said on record, you know, RoboCop. He wanted it to be shocking. He yeah. wanted in kind of in an almost comedic way. Starship Troopers has a comedic element mm-hmm. to it. Sure Basic does. Instinct is is a straight up thriller with an edge yeah. and a great edge. And you're right, Michael Douglas. Yeah, he was like the the every man, like not every man, mm-hmm. uh, the upper class yes. white boy yeah. trilogy getting fucked with kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, middle management d bag guy who maybe is your boss or is your boss like the side to your boss, but he tells you what to do. And secretly, you're like, man, that guy's kind of cool. Have you seen his Porsche? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that's why when he did the game, I was like, okay, yeah, Mm -hmm. no, this is he's totally playing up his D-bag role. But Mm -hmm. but you kind of want to you're rooting for him, you know, And Sharon Stone. Yeah, let's put her on the map. Yes. Like, let's not, you know, let's talk about the movie she was in prior to this was like Action Jackson and Mm -hmm. uh, a handful of like straight to video when video was when it wasn't a big, when it was kind of a bad thing to be in straight to video movies, you know? And, uh, and and then she does this movie and it just changed her whole career. 
in a, in a good way. I mean, she and and you can go back to Total Recall in her performance in that as well. You know, yeah, dude. I mean, yeah. she knocked knocks it out of the park. And part of the reason why uh, Verhoeven was even like, "Hey, I'm doing another movie. I would love for you to play the uh, female lead." You know, uh, it's amazing actress. It's just a shame that you know. I mean, this is an amazing performance. It's a shame that you know more people don't celebrate the quick and the dead. Um, <laughs> I like the quick and the dead. Sam Raimi, <laughs> dude. Sam Raimi movie. Come on. I love it. I love it. Gene I'm, Hackman, yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio. I love it. I love it. I'm just saying, if Russell you, Crow. Give, you give most people the name Sharon Stone, oh yeah, basic instinct, you know? And I yeah. think it's for better or for worse, I would be proud of having that on my resume because it is in a phenomenal film and she does phenomenal work in it. I did not think, and you and I did not talk ahead of time about what it was on our list. I did not uh, expect that to be on your list. I Now I want to watch it. Yeah, so there you go. There yes. you go. See the watch list. Can we get some sponsors here to at least appreciate the fact that people go out and buy our movies after we talk about them? Yes, please do. I've <laughs> Not seen, our movies. I've seen the numbers. I mean, you know, yeah, I, we're a Bad Boys 2 has sold more copies now than it did, you know, a, a couple weeks ago. And by the way, shout out to Diallo. <laughs> I love Bad Boys. Uh, <laughs> so number four. That's a great number four, dude. That is Thank a you. great number four. Uh, I am going to go down a slightly twisted route for my number four. Uh, It is not the kind of nudity that people would go, ooh, it's more like, ooh. Uh, But it is, and and it's more prosthetic-based nudity than anything else. Mm -hmm. But my number four. Give it to me. I, I, I know it. I give it to me. I know what it is. I think I know. You might, you might be surprised by this, but, um, it is my number four is it is by far one of my favorite horror films of all time. Oh no. And, and I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to drop the hammer on you right now. I think this was going to be my number one, but I knew I was like, you know what? I got it. I can't oh, take, shit. I can't take two from Zach. Lay it down, Zach. Lay the people, Maybe I should... the people want to know. It's, it's sleep away. Yes. <laughs> yes. I knew it. That was on, that was, that was one of mine too. I was like, if he doesn't say oh, it, I will. Dude, I'm sorry, man. I will. It, it is a phenomenal film. Please. I know this is your baby. I will step to the side, but yes, this is this is exactly what I'm talking about with this list. Go. Uh, we will we will share the we'll share the honors with this bad boy. But um, yeah, the Sleepaway Camp 1983. It is it came out after night uh, Friday the 13th, so it's 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 not def- it's definitely not a trailblazer. Uh, I don't want to spoil too much about it. Um, I mean, it came out. 30 years ago so we can spoil a little bit the ending scene is there is a nude reveal uh and it's a prosthetic piece that someone in the movie is wearing but this movie is so raunchy and so so exploitative in a good way yes dear mom and dad i've been at a sleepaway camp for almost three weeks and I'm getting very scared. Welcome to Sleepaway Camp. Someone is watching you. Hey, Baba, Reba. Someone is waiting for you. Someone wants to scare you to death. Turn it! Turn the wheel! Oh my god! 
sleepaway camp, you won't be coming home. It is about these two characters, uh, Angela and her brother, Ricky, and they're going to summer camp. And Ricky's, uh, Angela's, she's, she doesn't talk throughout 90% of the movie, and, and you don't know why, but you start to reveal through flashbacks, um, you know, her fa- their father was killed in a boating accident. I don't want to give too much about that, too, because that's another huge <laughs> reveal. But her brother, Ricky, sticks up for her. He's a smart ass. He's always telling people to fuck off or kiss his ass. And, and like, <laughs> to see, I love when little kids swear. Uh, you know, both Dee and I are, are parents of, of yeah. young boys. And, look, you know, I swore a lot when I was a kid, not in front of my parents. And if I did, I got smacked in the face. This is all before, uh, you know, <laughs> laws changed. But, um, <laughs> sorry, Mom. But, anyways, uh, you know, they, like, these. this is the height of 83. Dolphin shorts, mullets tight t-shirts uh the little girls are like the 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 bad girls are little hussy bitches like Mm -hmm. uh the 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 gross lunch 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 people gross lunch people doing gross lunch things (laughs) the camp chef is a perverted uh pedophile Mm -hmm. who makes jokes like he calls the chicks baldies the Mm -hmm. girls baldies you know and and it is if you think you've heard if, if you've never seen this movie and you think you've heard it all, go watch Sleepaway Camp yeah, because just the dialogue itself is so great. Uh, even yeah, the yeah. camp leader, like the owner of the camp, he's perverted. Mm-hmm. The adults are perverts except for one dude, some muscle-bound guy who has the thick – talk about thick New York accents, <laughs> or the Jersey accents. This guy is like – it's like Joe Piscopo on steroids, and Joe Piscopo is already a big dude. On I steroids. love this movie. As as Corey and I say, uh, T to B, top to bottom, this movie is a classic. And so I don't want to steal too much of it. Tell me why you love this movie so much. All right, so um, right, one because you love it, and uh, you were my <laughs> gateway into this film. Um, oh, nice, dude! It, it, you you would really because I mean I'm a big horror guy. You know, like I love. I love old school horror, especially like, I mean, 80s horror is like a, 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 a high point with the amount yes. of grossness and, and, and nudity over the top. Everything is just so in your face. Um, I think right now, the last few years, we are in this kind of like postmodern renaissance of horror too. There's been some great yep. horror films, whether it's like, um, I've, I loved uh, It Follows, um, you know, Get oh, Out. Yeah, dude. Um, uh, uh, even Don't Breathe was great. I mean, like, there's so many really, I mean, uh, A Quiet Place. There's so many great horror things happening with horror, but I don't think you have that without a sleepaway camp. Um, it is one of the best twists that anyone will ever see. It's one of those movies that if you have, if you've seen it, and you know someone who hasn't seen it, you get the, you get your recorder out, and you start filming in the last 15 minutes of the film to see the person's yes. reaction. It is totally. that type of movie, and it's very hard to find those kind of movies nowadays. Um, Agreed. And I mean, and, and I mean, just the thing is, like, the cult following behind this movie is huge. I mean, uh, not to drop any other podcasts, uh, you know, on this one, but uh, but how did this get made? Um, yep. Has a brilliant Sleepaway Camp episode, um, yeah. and uh, I think it was like just even recently uh, they found the the beginning of the film is very confusing. Just going to put it out there. Everyone who's listening who hasn't <laughs> yes. seen it, please yes. go see the movie. We're not spoiling really much for it yet. But the beginning of the film, if you can decipher who is who and who is related to who, 
<laughs> in the first 15 minutes of the film, you are already ahead of the game because yeah, totally. it, it, does, it doesn't totally matter, but it matters. But um, there is so much going on in that movie where I, if you showed, if you said you had a documentary of the making of that film, I would sit down and I would watch it and hope it was 10 hours long like The Last Dance. It is For real. great. <laughs> It is. It, it, yeah, it's an amazing film, and yeah, and it's and it's just like kids. It's kids in the same scenario. They they, they have kids away at camp. You know, a whole bunch of kids start dying. Um, but it's really fun, and it doesn't take itself too seriously. Um, which is a lot of like you know like some of the poor comedies that are out now. Like they're just taking a lot from Sleepaway Camp. A lot of the, the yeah. Sleepaway Camp uh, as a film is you know top to bottom. I, I think it's one of my top five all time as a horror film. It's 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 beautiful. Yeah, definitely. It it is it is uh, it it is it's a groundbreaking movie, yep. and I I would dare actually say it's my favorite of the camp killer movies over Friday the Thirteenth. Absolutely, just because I mean I'm just gonna I'm gonna throw one scene out that I actually I, I love up and down, but uh, one of the kids in the one of the scenes in the movie is this kid's all horned out and he thinks he's gonna get laid and he goes out <laughs> to the pond and he gets in his canoe. And canoe tips over and he comes up from the water and he's looking around to see where the girl went that he's supposed to make it with. And he starts singing, Hey, Bob, a Bob. Hey, Bob, a Bob. And I remember sitting in the, I saw this movie at the arrow theater in Santa Monica Mm -hmm. for one of their horror night fest. And I took someone, uh, I took someone that had never seen this movie before. And he's like, what the, what the fuck? Who who sings a song like that? And, and they're upside down in a canoe. <laughs> so the Hey Bobbery Bob, I'm like, yeah, dude, that's it's classic. It's classic. So it's that great. is my number four. It is great. I, I think that's four? a solid, yeah. solid number four. Well done. Well done. So steal your thunder a little bit. Let's no. get back to your picks. What is your number three? Oh, okay. So my number three, um, you know, I, I think this is where I take a left turn. All right. Um, it is the, um, I believe it is the directorial debut uh, and uh, the writing debut of a, an amazing talent who still entertains us today. Um, Mr. Ice Cube's film, The Players Club. Hey, how much money you make working here? I make enough. Use what God gave you. Where y'all dance at? The Players Club. From the producers of Friday. We got Luke in the house. What's up, Luke? What's up? Luke and the two little crew. One no shame in them walking around bugging niggas. Starting to smell like aqua boogie. <laughs> Anybody ever told you you look just like the father from Good Times? This The Players Club. Rated R. Yes. Oh, shit. The Players Club. This film, uh, 1998 classic, starring uh, the great Lisa Ray McCoy. Uh, otherwise known as Diamond, this movie walked so that hustlers could run. <laughs> Throughout this entire year, <laughs> yes, I, I really, I really, I'm glad that. Thank you so much for inviting me on your podcast. This is gold, man. This fucking gold. I just want I just. This film is black excellence in all of its glory. It, I mean, at the time, in the late 90s, you have a hip-hop scene that is just bathed in strip club culture and just really promoting it, right? So it's a yeah. film about a subculture subculture, and it has the biggest, some of the biggest 
black entertainers in the world in this film. I'm, I'm talking Bernie Mac, you know, Ice Cube, as I said before, um, uh, 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 Jamie Foxx. Um, you know, I mean, then you go into like real deep dive into like, I'm a super like stand up nerd and used to watch like Comic View and everything. And you go into Adele mm. Gibbons and some more yeah. and all of it, these big time phase on loves in it, big time hit. Terrence Howard's in it. All right. This is a. Before he was crazy. Before he was batch. Before he was even, you know, it, everyone forgets. Terrence Howard is in the Marvel Universe for a split second. <laughs> yeah, hello. And he, he should have been. He fucked up, but whatever. Yeah. Don Cheadle. Oh, so terrible. Props. Yep, yeah, yeah, but yeah, but good, for Don, good for Don Cheadle, man. Yeah. But, yeah. but it is a, a story of a, you know, a young uh, woman, a young black woman living in, um, I believe it's Atlanta, but, uh, you know, having to make to do with, with working in a strip club and, you know, the funny characters that you meet along the way. Um, the funny thing is, like, if you watch the Players Club, um, yes, there's you know blatant nudity because it takes place in the strip club, um, but the nudity all obviously informs the plot because this is the world that we're in. But the main yeah. thing is, you can see the bones of Ice Cube's other projects later on. I mean, like you can see like Barbershop in there. You can see, um, you know, I will not really argue there yet, but you can see a lot of other because that's a kids film. <laughs> if, they, if you could see some of the kids film stuff in this one, whoa, okay, Ice, you need to take a step <laughs> <Yeah>. back. <laughs> but but um, but as a film. Uh, it really does. It just bathes in blackness, and um, and doesn't apologize for it. And it, it, I mean, at the time, you know, there was like, you know, you had your the Woods and your Best Man's, and you know, like if you look now, you know, it, it, roll bounce, yeah, bounce, oh, roll bounce, you know, a uh, 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 lottery ticket. Um, <laughs> but like, if, if, <laughs> if, if you look, I mean, if you look now, it's like you know, a lot of these kind of films don't really get made anymore and if they do it's like a, a yeah. netflix midnight release on a tuesday um yep. which is i mean yeah. fine but it's just like you know it's just really fun to see like a movie that is for us by us that's a, a brand of clothing too for some of you younger people out there and <laughs> fubu right <laughs> and uh, uh, fubu. yeah fubu and um, and just be unapologetic about what the subject matter is. Have tons of fun in it. Bernie Mac is just legendary performance in it as Dollar Bill. And if you haven't seen it, it's just a really great. It's a fun comedy, you know, actiony. Um, you know, t- you know, there's some nudity, so tuck the kids to bed before you turn it on. Um, but overall, it's a really <laughs> fun movie um, with some turns and some dips. It's you know, it's just it's a really fun ride. So I definitely suggest if anyone out there is interested, go check out the Players Club. It's a good one. Look, man, like I, I didn't know Ice Cube wrote and directed that movie. Yep. Mm-hmm. He is a and, fa- and he's a talent. He's a talent. I he was on um, Howard Stern a little while back, mm-hmm. and. I, I love Howard Stern's interviews. I think he's one of the best interviewers on the planet and really gets some quality content out of people that he talks to. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I've always loved Ice Cube. I always loved, you know, NWA back in the day, mm-hmm. listening to hip, like just mm-hmm. rap and, and all his, like, um, the, you know, all his shit mm-hmm. in the early stages of his, of his career. Mm-hmm. And I love when he became an actor and transitioned into that and started doing some great actor too. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that he wrote and directed this movie, and I always remember seeing the box or the DVD box or whatever at the you know, rental store, and I didn't know what it was about. I figured it was just like a typical strip club movie, you know, mm-hmm. like, and, but now I want to watch it. Yeah. 
You sold me on it, dude. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 there's a lot of family drama issues. Like it's it's more than just the strip. And this that's what I'm saying. Like this year, the reason why this even like was even in my purview is the way that every moon is going gaga over hustlers. Oh my god, hustlers! How did Jennifer yeah. Lopez not get an Academy Award nomination? That, yeah, the performance is okay. It's okay. It's it's fine. It's mostly amazing because it's Jennifer Lopez back. Yeah, you know. But I mean, the yeah. movie itself, it, it, it's not. It's not changing anybody's life. Um, and, and the whole thing, the whole time I'm watching it, I'm like, this is just a poor man's version of Players Club, you know? And wow. okay. And and that's the thing, too. That's, that's why I'm like, I, re- I truly believe Players Club walked so that hustlers could run. <laughs> the most pretentious. The most pretentious. <laughs> I love it. I, I wrote Look it down, that. so I wanted to make sure I said it twice. So we could... <laughs> here, here we are. Here we are discussing two movies back to back that that influenced uh, future films, mm-hmm. you know, and, and Sleepaway Camp and yep. Players Club. Yep. To- two totally different movies. And <laughs> totally. <laughs> and dare I say, uh, you know, not not just as far as, uh, you know, diversity is concerned, because <laughs> Sleepaway Camp is all white kids, but that's a whole other story. Uh, it's like white New York kids. Yeah, but hey, but black people can get into it, too, because they're all being brutally murdered. Yeah, exactly. It's like, hey man, I like that. I like that sleepaway camp movie. I like when they kill all them white kids, man. It was annoying. <laughs> oh shit! Well, speaking of killing, uh, we're gonna we're gonna get to my number three, mm-hmm. and it is the James Cameron mm-hmm. classic neo uh, neo filled. I was oh, I was gonna say tech noir because that's the name of the club. Uh, but it is the, the James Cameron 1984 sci-fi classic, The Terminator. In the 21st century, a weapon will be invented like no other. This weapon will be powerful, versatile, and indestructible. It can't be reasoned with. It can't be bargained with. It will feel no pity. No remorse, no pain, no fear. It will have only one purpose, to return to the present and prevent the future. This weapon will be called the Terminator. You're dead, honey. What day is it? The date? 12th, May, Thursday. What year? I'm here to help you. I'm Reese, DN38416, assigned to protect you. You've been targeted for termination. Why does it want me? Why me? Arnold Schwarzenegger is the Terminator. Your future is in its hands. Oh, you're good. You are good. I mean, so I'm going down my rabbit hole of like thinking really hard. Uh, people are gonna be like, "Yeah, I'm sure he did." Uh, <laughs> um, uh, of of movies that that stood out to me that featured had nudity in some degree, even if it was just one quick scene. Uh, it, it's a very important scene. Uh, Linda Hamilton. If you haven't seen it, I'm gonna spoil this one because it's like it's oh, Terminator. Yes. Everyone's seen Terminator. Come on. Yes. And if you haven't seen it, it's not gonna really ruin anything for you, but. Um, Terminators obviously stars Arnold Schwarzenegger, Linda Hamilton, one of my favorite actors uh, of the '80s, Michael Bean. Mm. And um, at, at, the, at this point in the movie, uh, 
Schwarzenegger who plays the Terminator and the robot killer who's 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 trying to track down Sarah Connor and kill her and has now met Kyle Reese. They're they've fallen in love and they have a sex scene and it's a very important sex scene because she gets pregnant and she gives birth to uh, John Connor, their son, and that kind of launches the rest of the franchise. This movie, I, I do like Terminator Part Two. I think it's a really great sequel. I don't think this movie needed a sequel. I think it, it was standalone. It could have been whoa, standalone for whoa, me personally. Whoa. I know, I know, that, it's standalone. You, that is the. I'm sorry, I can't see you because there's flames <laughs> around you because that is a hot take. Wait, so that you're is my hot saying take right there. Yeah. Terminator 1. Like, just think about what you just said there, Zach. Okay? Yeah. We've had Terminator 2, Judgment Day. We've had Terminator 3. We've had Terminator Genesis. We've had Terminator, um, you know, Back to School. We've had Terminator <laughs> We've had Terminator After Dark. We've had <laughs> all these Terminators. Sarah Chronicles. Right? We've had all of these Terminator spinoffs to a point yep. where now we just had another one that people are like, hey, yep. well, Terminator's back. And you're yep. telling me that you can imagine a parallel universe where Terminator 1 is a standalone, none of that other stuff happens, and you are absolutely fine with that. I am fine with that because wow. I come from the John Carpenter school of uh, of movies where he was not a fan. He didn't like to make sequels. No. He, he, and I remember meeting John Carpenter and he said to me, I asked him that question, like, why didn't you make a sequel to The Thing, The Prince of Darkness, a lot of The Fog? He's like, because I want people to make up their own, I want people to make up their own mind. Yeah. I want people to decide. I want the viewer to decide what happens next. Wow. While I do love Terminator 2, I think it is a phenomenal film. Uh, I don't think it's necessary for me personally. I think Terminator 1, if it comes down to it, I'm gonna watch I'm gonna watch Terminator 1 and I'm gonna watch Aliens. <laughs> that's the only sequel there are very there's very rare sequels for me where i'm like oh yeah i'll watch that sequel over the original and so for me terminator 2 it's i don't think it's necessary it makes sense it doesn't not like it, it's it's a valid film but yeah i think terminator 1 is a standalone would have been fine would have been fine on its own so from my my mind-blowing revelation that I yes. was Terminator. Oh we go, now we're in the twos. Wow. Uh, we'll do each do our twos, and then we'll do some honorable mentions, and then uh, we'll go to one. So what is okay. your number two oh, of all wow. the times? Okay, my number two of all time. You know what? All right. I had a number two, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw that. I'll throw that one off. Because your, your Terminator one, uh, like a brilliant choice. Brilliant choice. Um, Thank you. But it, Thank you. It, it was also in an area I was thinking about as well. My number two, amazing action film, iconic action star, um, openly uh, two people who did not like each other at all. But the film, like, it's, it's you couldn't tell. You couldn't tell. And I'd, I'd actually say they're not supposed to like each other. So even if they didn't like each other in the film, it works. Sylvester Stallone, Wesley Snipes, Sandra Bullock, Demolition Man. At the end of a century, ravaged by violence, a society of perfect order will arise. (laughs) 
criminals will be frozen and reprogrammed in cryogenic prisons. The prisoners are ice cubes. Their criminal instincts are being reprogrammed as they sleep. Aggression and deviant behavior will be totally eliminated. It's a criminal the likes of which you have never seen. In a bad time, he was the worst. I'm gonna love running this place. But in the year 2032... This morning, Simon Phoenix escaped from this cryo facility. We are, quite frankly, not equipped to deal with the situation. Amidst a world of peace and calm... We're police officers. We're not trained for this kind of violence. How was the fiendish Simon Phoenix apprehended back in the 20th? In the end, it took just one man. John Spartan. You mean the demolition man? The conditions of your parole are full reinstatement into the SAPD and immediate assignment to the apprehension of Simon Phoenix. Two mortal enemies. Just dropped in to say hi! From another time. Pass is over, John! Time for something new and improved! Oh, hell. Will be unleashed on a future that isn't big enough for the both of them. Sylvester Stallone, Wesley Snipes, Demolition Man. Oh, yeah, dude. This film, I, I when I was a kid growing up, um, you know, I, I would go and pay for the matinee movie, and then I'd sneak into all the other movies, and I'd be there for six hours. And don't tell the police I think the Statue of Limitations isn't up uh, for the uh, AMC. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter now. Yeah, the AMC at the Grove, I think still, I like, owe them 150 bucks. Um, <laughs> but this movie, I remember as a kid, I snuck into it, and I sat there and I watched it two times that day. That's how great, like, I watched that film, and I got some more popcorn, and I went right back in, because I, this was an amazing, amazing movie. Uh, Sylvester Stallone. It's a it's a wow. it's a time jump movie. <laughs> it's a time jump movie. It's act- <laughs> very timely, actually, right now. Yeah, think about it. It is. It is. So um, this cop. Uh, it's it's a world where um, you know uh, uh, if you do it, 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 prisons are overrun and barbaric. How about you just have a time out there, buddy, and we put you on ice, and then we wake you up in fifty, seventy years. And then maybe you'll be a better person and you'll realize that no one else needs toilet paper in the future. That <laughs> is Demolition Man. Uh, uh, first off, uh, that Sylvester Stallone is, is put on ice. He's put on trial and put on ice because a building blows up and hostages die in it because the bad guy set him up to do it. Um, all those other cops knew how crazy Wesley Snipes' character. What terrible yep. lawyer did he have that had to have him put on ice? For all those years, for something that was obviously just like I mean, he was doing his job. First off, terrible. It 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 throws down on the legal system in the future, and I appreciate. <laughs> yeah, it does. That. I appreciate that. But but all but also, I mean, I know Sylvester Stallone is a guy who prides himself in doing his own stunts, but his glute work in that film is amazing. <laughs> I mean, I'm a heterosexual yep. male, but I see those buns and those are honey glazed baby tight <laughs> tight like like i like i mean you hear the stories about him when he was um uh, who was it was it um 
uh, not Bridget Bardot. Who, who was it? He was dating a woman and making Brigitte her Nielsen. Bridget Nielsen, making her walk yep. backwards on a treadmill <laughs> because he's a monster. <laughs> but but, <What>? but, <laughs> but but you know what? He did that, and I could tell because on ice his buns, and they showed his buns from different angles. This movie is yep. obsessed with that man's cheeks, and yes, it works to the plot. It's just hey, you got yep. it. You can't get frozen with skibbies on. Because they'll chafe you after a while, right? I mean, that's what I'm thinking. The technology is behind it. But amazing action film. Really, really fun. Um, Dennis Leary, a great performance yeah. as the Rat King. Um, you know, not since Judgment Night has Dennis Leary been that good. And, and, <laughs> and I mean, just a really fun action film that to this day, you know, um, I always talk about the three seashells every time I go into someone's toilet. And, and I love Taco Bell which was the only restaurant around in the future in that movie. It really fun, That's right. inventive, and uh, just a really great time. If you, if you haven't seen Demolition Man, I suggest do yourself the favor. Yeah, dude, look, I, I mean, first of all, no pun intended. That's a ballsy number two. Uh, and, 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 and it's, yeah, Stallone, I think Stallone maybe had one movie where he did like a love scene and that might've been the specialist with, mm -hmm. with Sharon Stone. Yep. Uh, and, but he was primarily, it's funny. I was going down a rabbit hole thinking about him. Like, did Stallone do any love scenes in movies or like, was he naked? Oh, he might've been naked in like lock up, which is mm -hmm. a cool prison movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, one of my favorite Stallone movies. Uh, but yeah, demolition man, dude. And very timely with the, with the shells and the, and, and, and no one wanting to touch each other and being very politically correct. Mm -hmm. Uh, not, you know, you get, if you swear, you get it, you find or whatever. And it's yeah. great. Yeah. I, I, I have been wanting to watch that for a little while now and I think I'm about ready to do it and features a sting doing a version of demolition man, the old police song, mm -hmm. an updated version. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's 93. So it was when Stallone was like, I want to be taken seriously for my craft. And so he would wear like the tango and cash years where yep. he'd wear the glasses, the glasses or, you know, he looked very GQ yes. and, and, and doing and, Oscar, and that movie, Oscar, you know, Oscar, was supposed yep. to like clean him up and show that he was a real actor. I was like, come on, come on, dude, just, 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 just get in your pocket and stay there. Yep. You know, like he, he, he's so good when he's good. He's really good. Really good. And when he's bad, he's really bad. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, Demolition Man, great, great choice, dude. I, you know, I just imagine this poster: Stallone, bang, chisel, Snipes, bam, chisel, Demolition Man, bink, and then both the Demolition and the Man hit each other, and it's like, it's all made out of metal. Yeah. Like that's what I'm yeah. talking about. They don't make them like that no more. And this is when Wesley no. Snipes, he still had all of his money that he wasn't paying taxes on, and he was smiling and kung fuing <laughs> and punching Stallone in the chops for real. That was the whole reason why they didn't like each other is because in no their shit. scenes, like like Snipes was really hitting Stallone, and he it pissed him off, and they, he always swore he'd never work with Snipes again. Wow. Okay. Well, that makes a lot of sense because uh, clearly. Yeah, the, the 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 tension is palpable and you can feel it on screen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep, yep, great work. It's great work. Nice job, dude. Yeah, and yeah, I love I love love me some Wesley Snipes, some uh, <laughs> drop zone Wesley Snipes. That oh. was when he was on fire oh. for him to take a mm -hmm. villain character, Simon Phoenix. I'm telling name, you, uh, Simon Phoenix, great name. Uh, and yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's it all makes sense when you watch Passenger Fifty Seven. 
It was kind of it was <laughs> it was all part of the plan. It was all part of the plan. <laughs> Snipes had a really interesting was, career too. <laughs> he had a really yeah, interesting he career. did. Like he yeah yeah uh, he did he did a lot of really good thrillers. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's I think that's called Murder at Sixteen Hundred maybe, mm-hmm. uh, which is really good. He was in U.S. Marshals, which I think yeah. is actually kind of an underrated mm-hmm. sequel mm-hmm. to The Fugitive. Mm-hmm. People trash that a little bit, but it's uh, he was good. Like, yeah, it's a bummer. I met him a few years ago at a screening of The Warriors, and um, and no one he didn't want to do autographs, didn't want to do photos. He just wanted to be there to see The Warriors, yeah. and I just you know uh, my buddy Terry and I were there, and we just I looked over and I'm like you know big fan. He's like, oh yeah, like mm-hmm. gave me a nod or whatever. But it was yeah. cool. Like he. The dude is a great actor. He is. It's too bad that he just, you know. Yeah, I mean, people, I, I think, I, hey, I'll give it to him, though. Uh, Dolomite is my name. His performance is amazing in it. He's, he steals that film, in my opinion. Uh, Dolomite is my name. Amazing. And, uh, and yeah, it's just like it, 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 his share of the stone equivalent basic instinct is essentially Blade. And, um, you know, I'm interested oh, yeah, to see what they'll do with the next, with the Blade, with Mahershala Ali playing Blade. I think it's a great character. But, yeah, I think it was one of those things where, you know, it's like forever Wesley is just Blade and the guy who went to jail for not paying his taxes. <laughs> <laughs> well, my number two features a a once prominent uh, Oscar contending actor who uh, really fell on hard times uh, or just, you know, basically blew up his own career mm. um, and, and became insane. Um, and my number two is a guilty pleasure movie for sure. It's one of my all time favorite guilty pleasure movies. It is my, it is in my all time top 10. It is my go-to film whenever people are like, let's watch something fun and, and kind of mindless. It is the 1986 Charlie Sheen science fiction race car thriller, The Wraith. Oh, The Wraith. An evil force took his life. An unearthly power has brought him back. He is a phantom, a wraith, a cosmic spirit given another chance. Uh, are you new in town? Yeah. Who's the kid? I turned my back and the next second he was there. Like magic almost. You ever seen one of those before? Nah, let's just add it to our collection. There's a kid out there using his car to kill people. Not that it's such a big deal, since it seems to be your gang he's got it in for. Hold on! Grab the shotgun, Mama Luca. A wraith, man! A ghost! An evil spirit, and it ain't cool! What are you doing? Packard, stop it! Get in the car! What are you doing, man? You Get out of my face, burger boy! You wind up dead like your brother! And it's it's a PG thirteen film, another PG thirteen movie, which is shocking to me because it it definitely is not a PG thirteen film. 
Uh, and the the nudity features is is from the beautiful Sherilyn Fenn. Mm. Uh, this is before Twin Peaks. This is before Two Moon Junction. This is before the full moon film Meridian. Uh, this is before boxing Helena when her arms and legs oh, are gone, I think. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> my, my, my mom couldn't afford a babysitter. She took me to see that movie but closed my eyes through most of the film and oh, then dude, gave me 20 dude. bucks and said, just go sit outside. <laughs> That'll scar you for life. That, that shit will scar you for life. People, people forget that Sherilyn Fenn, uh, what, she's a really – oh, I, I, this is her second movie we've talked about because she was in mm-hmm. Just One of the Guys yep. also. Mm-hmm. Um, the Wraith is a – it gets trashed up and down, but it's got a killer soundtrack, uh, and it's got a great cast. Charlie Sheen, Nick Cassavetes, Sherilyn Fenn. Uh, it's got um, Randy Quaid. Whoa. <laughs> it's got Clint Howard. Uh, it, it, at the time, Griffin O'Neill was a big deal. He's he's Ryan O'Neill's son. I think he's dead. He might have committed suicide. Wow. I uh, had a lot of drug issues, unfortunately. But uh, it, 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 it's uh, – it's one of those movies that like it's a time capsule movie mm-hmm. because it, it, they were all driving very dated cars now. Uh, but it's this sci-fi movie where Charlie Sheen's character, uh, he, he inhabits the body. Well, okay. So a movie opens with a guy and his girl, uh, the guy gets killed and then uh, Charlie Sheen shows up on a motorcycle and at the same time, an alien, uh, kind of black, um, uh, sports car shows up with an alien inside it like a, some sort of ghost looking dude wait wait in which and seat is, sure. is he is he in the driver's seat or the passenger seat because if he's, he's in the, the passenger driver. seat that's weird he's the driver he's the driver and there the I, again i'm not uh I, there's there's been a lot of debate on whether like what's the real plot of this movie the plot is 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 pretty all over the place um, Nick Cassavetti is like a, he's, he's like the bad boy in town who steals people's cars and he gets, he takes what he wants and, uh, and then Charlie Sheen shows up and really rubs him the wrong way. Cause Charlie Sheen's kind of, kind of the cool guy. He's not going to take any shit. And, uh, the one, this, he befriends the, 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 the chef, uh, the, the, the main cooker at the local burger joint. Uh, Billy Hankins and um, Billy kind of informs him as to what the lowdown is on Nick Cassavetti's character Packard and um, Sherilyn Fenn is his is Packard's girl and Charlie Sheen's character kind of swoops in and takes the girl and they've got a you know a love scene midway through the movie which is really tastefully done nice. uh, it's one of the first nude scenes I've ever saw so I was like oh this is amazing um, <laughs> and the soundtrack like I said is killer uh, it's cheese ball at its very best. It's got some great one-liners, um, and yeah, that's. that's wow. I, I don't want to spoil too much because yeah. I think people should see it. I I, great. I have not seen this film. I've heard great things. I will definitely see it now, and just your recommendation means the world to me. But when I see a film with three characters named Skank, Gutter Boy, and Rughead. You had me at skank. <laughs> and I will tell you, skank and gutter boy are, are iconic Laurel and Hardy, uh, El, uh, 
you know, Abbott and Costello kind of playing one, two playing off each other. Great one liners. Um, they, they, they sniff paint and, uh, of drink course. gasoline. Of course they you know? do. Of course. I mean, please don't be redundant. You're skank and gutter boy. <laughs> oh, and it's got a, it's got, it features a, a cameo from Brooke Burke. Whoa. Wild on ease. Brooke Burke. Mm-hmm. I love uh, Brooke Burke. Yeah. She's got a little, she's a, she works at the burger joint as, as does uh Sherilyn Fenn's character. Uh, Kerry Johnson. Wow. So, <laughs> and and rest in peace, Randy Quaid. I mean, yes, dude. I mean, God bless Randy Quaid. Amazing, amazing actor. And, uh, I, I, this movie actually does feature two people that kind of went off the deep end. Yeah, uh, Randy Quaid and Charlie Sheen. Yep. And this is when Charlie Sheen was on fire. Like he, he. I don't think he had done Platoon yet, mm. but he was in Lucas. Um, mm-hmm. He was in, you know, Ber- uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. He, was, he, he. he uh, Red Dawn at this point had already come out, so wow. he was he uh, you know, he was he was a big name. So this movie kind of I think this was straight to video as well. But man, when this came out on video, it was just one of those movies that I think I watched over and over and over again, just for the for the sheer kind of like it made you want to be a it made you want to grow up and be a teenager and drive fast cars and live in arizona that's awesome <laughs> you had me until arizona that's great <laughs> no yeah, that's really yeah, awesome <laughs> well I, th- I don't know if it's in arizona i don't know if they filmed it in arizona or we Corey and i might do a deep dive on this movie oh, to wait. but uh please yeah do. dude it, it's great action horror romance sci-fi thriller that's that's awesome yeah i i'm gonna check it out i love it cool i love it so so now we are at the stage where we're getting close to, we're right before number one uh we got a little time to maybe do some quick shout outs to mm-hmm. some honorable mentions. Do you have one or two honorable mentions you want to talk about? Uh, kinda... Yeah, sure do. Um, honorable mentions. Some of them, I, you know, I, I, they're just movies that are just cornerstones for me. Um, you know, I, some of them I mentioned already stripes, uh, you know, amazing uh, John Larroquette line. I wish I was a loofah when they, you know, very Porky's esque kind of scene. Um, yeah, dude. Uh, also, uh, Weird Science, uh, amazing yep. seminal seminal film where uh, it's not like overly nudity, like there's not overly like exploitative or anything like that. The nudity is, I mean, there's like a moment where a girl gets her dress ripped off because of you know wind, but other than that, great. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm not gonna take zaps from you because I know it's probably it's gotta be if it's not on. No, your it's list. not on my it's list. Not? Okay, it's not well, list. I'll, I'll just, no, you know, go for it. Zaps is a classic. Um, also. Um, a movie that would have been on my list, but, uh, you know, it ruined one of my favorite actresses' careers. Um, Lisa Bonet, Angel Heart. Oh, yeah. Right? Uh, Lisa Bonet, amazing. It's a great movie. Yeah, great. You know, and, and the thing is, it's like she – and it's like looking back, too, with Cosby and how we see Cosby now. Like just thinking like, yeah. no, she's supposed to be wholesome. How dare she? is laughable oh that movie almost ruined her career <laughs> yeah that's what i'm saying like that's the reason why i can't like really like have it on the list because i love lisa bonet um but uh but yeah uh, uh, uh angel hearts on there um and uh i mean of course boogie nights uh is another one that's on there for me um a classic uh love to pt amazing and and yeah great use of prosthetic uh nudity as well I can't argue with any of those picks. Uh, I, I will throw a few, uh, just throw a few out for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause I went down the road of like, okay, what were movies that kind of shaped me as a kid that I would watch again? 
Creepshow 2 uh, is a great horror mm. anthology, and there's one specific uh, segment in the, in the movie called The Raft. It's based on a Stephen King story. It's one of the creepiest Stephen King stories around. Um, two guys, two girls go to this secluded lake, and they swim out to this raft, and then they see something floating in the water, and that thing floating st- slowly starts inching towards them, and they realize it's alive, and it's there to kill them, and they're stuck on the raft. Oh, and there's no. a great scene in the movie where, uh, at this point, several of the characters, several of the, well, two of the characters are dead. Uh, it's down to this one guy and this one girl, and and she's really tired because they've been on the raft for hours, mm-hmm. and she wants to take a nap, and he's like, I'll watch you. You know, and and, uh, and then while she's asleep, he starts undoing her bikini Woo! to get a peek. Woo! And I'm like, wow, so fucked up. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what happens next, but it doesn't end well for her. Ooh, so uh, no. it's great. So that, there. Yeah, there's that one. Um, I was I was like, oh, yeah, Boogie Nights or it's not Boogie Nights. Uh, Big Lebowski oh, has yeah. uh, oh. Julianne Moore, <gasps> you know. I got, she may be brought up in just a minute again for my number one. Oh but, uh, my yeah. God, please but do it. Big Lebowski. Yes. Big Lebowski's got a nude scene in it and it's a classic. Yep. Die Hard. Die Hard has a quick nude scene mm-hmm. in it and it's a classic. Yep. I'm like, okay, these movies all feature nudity mm-hmm. uh, and, 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 it, and it comes so fast that you don't even think about it, yeah. you know? Um, they live the John Carpenter classic. Oh, so it's got, at the end, it's got the, the girl on top of the alien. Yep. He's like, Hey baby, what's the problem? Yep. You know, so great. And then um, Trading Places with uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. It's you know it's a Christmas movie. It's, it's one of the best uh, Eddie Murphy comedies in my opinion. And it's Jamie Lee Curtis. When, that was probably like maybe the first nude scene I ever saw in my entire life. Uh, you know, and and these are these are all like these are movies that I would consider okay. They're good, mm-hmm. if not great. And I'll watch them over and over again. Mm-hmm. You know, there's plenty of movies with nudity and, and, and we can go up and down, but these are the movies like that stand out to me. So yes. that, that are, those are some of my quick takes. Well, I, I appreciate, I appreciate those. Um, now trading places was going to be my number one. <laughs> oh, wow. No, oh, wow. Nice. No. Um, I, I, you know, I, I, I have, I, there's, you know, there's a backup I can do. I'm just saying just real quick, since you brought up trading places, Yes. This is my little spiel on Trading Places. Please. I love the nude scene from the beautiful Jamie Lee Curtis in that yeah. film yes. because I, I, I grew up at a time where, you know, movie nerds like us, we'd meet a nice young lady and we start talking to them. And at a certain point, you know, I, I had a litmus test. And my litmus, lit, litmus test was essentially I'd go up to a young lady if I was interested in them and I'd say, what's your favorite movie? And if the answer was Pretty Woman, I would just tip my cap, turn my back and walk away. Because <laughs> any person who thinks that Pretty Woman is a good movie, a movie about a prostitute who is saved by a rich uh, a man about town right before she does anything you know salacious at all just happened to be the first john that rolled into the door before she was an official prostitute so you could still be yep. like ah hey you know she did it but she didn't that to me is a cop out and i cannot co-sign 
on a movie that most would argue is Julia Roberts' seminal piece. I think it is bullshit, but it doesn't have the Verhoeven touch that I think he could have really brought out in that film. <laughs> like you don't you don't have to go down the Teresa Russell horror route. Yeah, that movie horror that she yes. was in. You don't yes. have to go that deep when no. to deal with a prostitute movie. No. But but you got to give me something, right? Yeah, and trading places does it <laughs> in a simple simple way. Okay, the flash before she goes to take the shower, before she's washing up, it shows you who her character is, okay? Yeah, like, that's dude. the thing is, it's like, Julia Roberts was a prostitute. She should have been doing that with old Dick Greer, right? Yeah. But she yeah. wasn't, right? Because she wasn't really a prostitute. And it's like, oh, you know, she was just trying it out. No, you don't try it out, right? Hey, I've seen, I've seen what happens on Figueroa. I've seen what happens on East 14th in Oakland, <laughs> okay? Like, you don't just try it out. It's a lifestyle. You lead up to it, right? And in that movie, Jamie Lee Curtis, she wore the the feather, the, the boa thing and the fur. Yep. She lived it. And everything you needed to know was right before she went to that shower and cleaned herself up and was like, hey, hon, you got the couch. Perfect. And another yep. great moment in Trading Places. Hey, it's a theme for me tonight. Uh, you know what? Sometimes... Black folks will sign off on a little bit of blackface if it's done right. <laughs> I know the world we're living in, and there's certain, you know, governors. Nope, you shouldn't do it. You know, Canadian prime ministers. Hell no, you shouldn't be wearing no damn blackface. But Dan Aykroyd, you know what, brother? You've made me laugh for a long time. And we all know you're kind of, you're kind of batshit. We we seen uh what was the movie with him and John Candy where he had a penis nose and they were and and, and uh Digital Underground uh got chewed up by a oh, budget. Oh yeah, uh, nothing but trouble. Nothing dude. but trouble. We all know written and directed by Dan Aykroyd. Man, we all knew that guy was batshit crazy. But man. Yeah. You know, uh, the only this black use of great blackface. I tip my cap, Mr. Aykroyd. You you get a pass because that movie is perfect perfect and great use of monkey rape where the monkey rapes the <laughs> yeah right there's a lot that is going on in trading places which is why you know i'm glad you mentioned it but i'm just i'm just <laughs> i it was my number one because good lord that movie could not be made today not even close oh it would be totally different if they did it'd be totally oh different. yeah yeah, well, I'm glad I did mention it because I completely appreciate and love the tangent that you gave us for that film because that and and I actually just put two and two together that uh, pretty woman, uh, you know, rich guy, uh, mm -hmm. you know, new girl, Dan Aykroyd, rich mm -hmm. guy, you know, mm -hmm. there's, there you go. That's why and, it's my f you to pretty woman. If you like pretty woman, I got the pretty woman you should see, honey. <laughs> But then at that it's point, it's not Teresa <laughs> Russell's whore. And at that point, they tip their drink on me and call me a jerk and walk away. And I'm just like, live another day. Call me in the morning. And I leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, mine was Forrest Gump when people were like, oh my God, Forrest Gump. Yay. I'm like, no, sorry. Yeah. I, I do, really quick before I forget, I want to go back to when you said you went to Demolition Man on a repeated viewing <laughs> uh, to watch yes. it. 
I, 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 I was like, okay, well, what, what repeated films? Uh, well, my number one, one I will get to in a minute, but, mm-hmm. uh, but Sling Blade, I would, I walked oh, yeah. out and walked back in to mm-hmm. see that second time. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. Sling Blade, Demolition Man, Sling Blade. Well, why not? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> exactly. Come see, come saw. Amazing, amazing. What's his name? JT Walsh. JT Walsh yes. performance, and that's in Sling Blade, like bone chilling bone chillingly good like his performance in in sling blade and a few good men still to this day i'm like that guy was roger maris hitting home runs and no one celebrated that dude, dude. breakdown the movie breakdown with kurt russell mm-hmm. where is where you know which where his curl his wife gets kidnapped and he's phenomenal everything gold yep. gold yeah jt walsh jt walsh r.i.p um okay here we here we are mm-hmm. at our number ones I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the floor in just okay. a minute, but I do want to say, before we get into this, thus far, this has been such an enjoyable episode to do, and and uh, I'm just excited. I'm, I'm excited. I'm what is, hit us. Hit us with your best shot. Okay. So, uh, just you know, before uh, the fanfare, uh, I just want to say, Zach, it's been a pleasure. Um, I really appreciate you opening the pad, uh, letting a small kid from... The Bay Area just trounce all over your couch. Uh, <laughs> it, it's a pleasure and an honor. Um, like I said, Training Places would have been my number one, but I got a backup. And this one's for the ladies. Uh, I've talked about Stallone's tight buns, but I haven't talked about that sweet, sweet schlong yet. And for the ladies, now this is actually just a beautiful film that I think is directed beautifully. And it is uh, uh, an amazing story. It, the acting performances are great. Uh, cinematography, uh, I mean, one of my best, my favorite Tyler Perry performances as well. I present to you Gone Girl, starring Ben Affleck. Nick Dunn, you're probably the most hated man in America right now. Did you kill your wife, Nick? Everyone told us and told us marriage is hard work. Not for me and Nick. As you all know, my wife, Amy Elliott Dunn, disappeared three days ago. I had nothing to do with the disappearance of my wife. I have nothing to hide. Sammy got friends we can talk to? No, not really. You don't know if she has friends, you don't know what she does all day, and you don't know your wife's blood type. Just being a good guy, so everybody can see him being a good guy. Well, you really don't like him, do you? All I'm trying to do is be nice to the people who are volunteering to help find Amy. I will practice believing my husband loves me, but I could be wrong. You ever seen that guy in the glasses before? Amy is the kind of girl who attracts admirers. Whoever took her is bound to bring her back. I'm hoping you can tell me what this means. You want to solve Amy's treasure hunt? You seen this girl around here? Yeah, I remember her. I know you. I saw you at the volunteer center. I wanted to help. What she want? She wanted a gun. We are all scared that we are all here now. I feel like something to be jettisoned if necessary. I feel like I could disappear. The hallmark of a sociopath is a lack of empathy. Amy lost a lot of blood in there. Then somebody mopped it up. Why do they mop up the blood if they're trying to stage a crime scene? Whatever they found, I think it's safe to assume that it's very bad. I'd finally realized I am frightened of my own husband. I would draw you as if you do in a deposition. What to say, what not to say. A trained monkey? A trained monkey who doesn't get lethal injections. She's going to eat you alive. You assaulted her? It's not good enough for you? I hit her? It's not even close. Absolutely not. I never touched her. (laughs) 
We now believe Nick is involved in the disappearance of our daughter. Without a body, without a murder weapon, their only hope is a confession. Don't know anything yet. You need to tell me. How was your marriage, Nick? Are you asking me if I killed my wife? Man of my dreams. This man of mine may kill me. What about my son? Nick! This man may kill me. In her own words, this man may truly kill me. You ever hear the expression, the simplest answer is often the correct one? Actually, I've never found that to be true. And the nudity in question is the brief, brief, brief glimpse of little Affleck when he comes out of the shower uh, in that film. I mean, yes, the young lady that he's cheating with. Uh, I mean, she was in the, um, uh, was it Alan Thicke's son's video, music video with the naked ladies and everyone loved it. And then he got sued by Marvin Gaye. You know, she, yeah. she's, she's, <laughs> that's how I talk about talk history. About, talk that's about cultural I talk about. appropriation. <laughs> that's exactly right. It's like, please, not Marvin. Okay. If you're going to do that, do, yeah, that yeah. do that to little Richard, not Marvin. Um, <laughs> but I, right. but I swear, uh, yeah, that young lady, beautiful. I mean, I mean her, yes, her, her, her whole form should Emily be Emily Radichkowski. Yes. She should be, you know, next to the, her, a statue of her should be next to the David easily. Perfect. Humanity has been perfected. Awesome. Great. But yes, but Ben, you know, at this time, you got to think about, you know, Ben, Ben has been directing films, trying to get that elusive non-writing Academy award. Like this was supposed to be his big shot. He's working with Fincher, um, amazing yeah. cast. And he's like, he, t- he steps up and he's like, you know what, man? I'm going to do the full cartel, a uh, kaitel, man. I'm going to do the full kaitel and here it is. You get a little bit, you get a little bit of side side schlong, you know. Let the ladies get let, let the ladies think about it. And um and then and yeah, I mean just like the 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 nudity in that film too. I mean, uh um I believe um uh, in the uh NPH murder scene, right? Yep. The blood all over. I mean, it is a horrific film, but yet it is perfectly beautiful in all of its simplicity and cinematography and it i mean i'm a huge feature fan and uh gone girl is just a seminal piece and uh it's a shame that it you know it it still didn't give him his uh his academy award that he so richly deserved well it had every every piece to it i mean it it doesn't surprise me that that's your number one pick yeah um it had everything going for it and it's one of those movies. I feel like I know it was popular when it came out, mm-hmm. based on a book, and it's like you know you always have that. Oh, it's based on a book. Oh, the book is better. The movie's better. Like I've read the book. This 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 movie I think is better than the book. But I could be. I mean, people will probably write into the show now. I'm sorry about that. I didn't mean to do that. To you. <laughs> well, I was. You know, you talk about like um, a list actors who've who've shown themselves, mm-hmm. and I was like, well, when you said that, I thought, oh, is he going with Kevin Bacon mm. in Wild Things? Oh. Is he going to go down the Wild Things route, you know? That's um, a good th- one. I mean, that is, that is a good one. That is a good one. But, but uh, but man, Gone Girl, Gone Girl is a classy pick. Mm-hmm. It's a classy pick. Hey, you know what? Sometimes, you know, I get my draft beer, and I just put a little, a little tiny uh, a lemon on the side of the, uh, the side of the glass. <laughs> I don't, I don't put it in my beer. I just get it on the side just so I can... Sniff the freshness, because I'm classy. <laughs> I'm classy like that. I love it. Well, I'm sure uh, Ben Affleck's giant phoenix tattoo would appreciate that. <laughs> his back tattoo. Of that. I'm, telling, I'm telling you, man. That uh, what was it? Full fort? That full frontier? Whatever it is that movie he did. 
<laughs> I'm telling you, man. Yeah. That guy, he's he's thirsty for a check. Just give it to him. He'll show up. Thirsty. <laughs> he'll show up. I, I, lo- I love me some Affleck. Me too. As, uh, Diallo would all Di- Diallo will I think will 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 go to the grave saying he loves Ben Affleck and Phantoms. But oh, uh, you know wow. that's a <laughs> whoa whoa oh I just threw up a little bit yeah. in my mouth. That was great. <laughs> we might have to do. We might have to do a watch list with the three of us. Yes. Um, dude, great, great choice, great choice. Well, it, it goes going into my number one. It's kind of the same boat. It's a classy pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is actually my number three all time favorite film. Maybe possibly wow. number two. Wow. No, it, no, it's my number three all time favorite. Wow. And uh, and 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 this is a movie I saw on repeated viewing, uh, the day it came out in theater. And when it did come out of theater and I saw it the first time, I, I didn't like it. Mm. I said, you know what? I walked out. And I'm like, oh, man, that movie's just – that was not good. And as I'm walking out of the theater, right before I left the the, 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 the screening, I'm like, maybe – you know what? Maybe I'm wrong. And I actually turned around and went back inside, and I sat down and watched it again. Can I guess? Can I guess? You can guess. Swordfish. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm a big Hugh Jackman fan. Uh, <laughs> my pick. You actually mentioned my pick earlier in the in the uh, in, in our hot takes, oh, yeah. uh, our quick picks. But it's the 1997 Boogie Nights. Yes. And and Boogie Nights is it, it, it to me it is perfection. Everyone's given one special thing, right? Everyone's blessed with one special thing. I want you to know I plan on being a star. Big bright shining star. Eddie Adams from Torrance. Yep. Jack Horner, filmmaker. I make uh, exotic pictures. In 1977, a kid from nowhere made me think about your name. My name, yeah. Something a little pizzazz. Dirk Diggler. Good name. I like your name a lot. Had a dream of getting somewhere. Jack Horner has found something special in newcomer Dirk Diggler. So let me just pop in this A-track, and you just give a listen and tell me what you think, okay? It was a time when disco was king. These are the ones. These are great. Yeah, those are really cool. Are they lizard? No, they're Italian. Do you like my shoes? They're pretty cool. Sex was safe. Woo-hoo! Pleasure was a business. Cut. Terrific. Nice work. And business was booming. And the award for best newcomer goes to Mr. Dirk Diggler. Wow. Goodbye, 1979. Hello, 1980. Are you ready? But in 1980... Come on, you puppies! The party... Was over. You are fired. What? You're fired. <laughs> it's jealousy. It's deceitfulness. It's vindictiveness. But I mean, God, what can you expect when you're on top? Oh wait, 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 wait. About this part. Mama told me not to come. New Line Cinema presents a portrait of two decades in the life of a business, the days of a dreamer, and the nights in between. This was the movie that proved to me that the Academy Awards 
were just inflating, uh, you know, it was not about the the actual movie itself or performances. It was it was all political because mm-hmm. I'm like this movie should have cleaned house. Yep. Paul Thomas Anderson wrote, directed, phenomenal soundtrack. I'm not going to go through the cast because if I did, this would be a three hour podcast. This would be a total oh. podcasting after dark episode because be three hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's got male female nudity. Heather Graham, Julianne Moore. Uh, and then, of course, Mark Wahlberg with his prosthetic penis, mm-hmm. which is hilarious. Amazing. And for those people that don't know what Boogie Nights is about, it is basically the nuclear family set in a uh, in the porn industry and how how you it's like kind of a day in the life of of porn actors, directors, writers, et cetera, et cetera. Great cast. Uh, everything about this movie is flawless in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's just one of those movies that the minute you open it up, it starts with this like kind of circus music and it leads into that, um, uh, you know, uh, disco song, like didn't, didn't, didn't with this great long shot going through the club. And I love me a long shot. Uh, and, and it's just, it's it's perfect it's perfection mm-hmm. and um i think it's going to be considered down the road if it's not already as as a quintessential uh movie of the 90s people forget that it actually the fact that it came out in 97 uh, i love it t to b that's my I, number I, one pick i think that is beautiful i you know when we were th- talking classy and julianne moore i thought you were going to go with shortcuts a film oh, yeah robert yeah, altman yeah um, uh, an amazing directorial just uh, master class but the thing I remember watching I remember watching that movie and to this day like I, I mean even when like Julianne Moore became Clarice in the Hannibal film um, it just I can never yeah. I can never see Julianne Moore without just imagining a very large red bush and <laughs> it's because of the movie Shortcuts and it, it, yeah, it's, it, there's an amazing scene where she's just ironing her pants and she's having a, a back and forth with her husband, uh, Matthew Modine, I believe, in the scene. Yeah. And they're just having a back and forth. And the whole time she's pantsless. And it just yeah. doesn't matter. And they're just going back and forth about their relationship. And it's just like, oh, yeah, like when you're in a relationship, like you sometimes, yeah, someone you're yelling at each other and you're having a fight. And sometimes someone's just butt naked. And that's yeah. because you're you live with each other. And I thought I saw it was such a, like, Altman was, I mean, he's a genius, of course. I mean, he was, God rest his soul. But, um, but man, like, that, like, that movie, amazing. Boogie Nights is, like, that, for me personally, on, an, on another level as well. Like, I mean, you just think about the amazing, I mean, Don Cheadle again, you know, coming back. Don Cheadle. John T- Cheadle. God. Luis Guzman. I mean, um, Philip. John C. Riley. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh my God! Yeah. Rest God rest Philip his soul. Baker Hall. Oh my God! Uh, one of the greatest lines. Um, what was it like? Uh, you know, I like to put some stick some butter up my ass and suck on a lollipop. But you know, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He goes, "I'm a simple man. I, I yes. you know, I, I like lollipops in my ass, and butter in my mouth. <laughs> exactly. So great. So and it, and I mean, I just I have to echo your sentiment. That movie brought back Burt Reynolds. You know. Yes. That and movie, he did, he disavowed that movie for years, which you know I do not get. You know, but yet he touted striptease. Um, you know, seriously, I, I just think yeah. It was one of those cop and a half. Yeah, oh my God, cop and a half. Uh, right, but 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 the thing about it is, 
Burt Reynolds to me at that point in my life was like, oh yeah, you know, oh, Smoking the Bandit, whatever, you know, like back in the day, like, oh yeah, that guy was great. Deliverance, yeah, well, that, guy's, that guy's great. But Boogie Nights made me really be like, oh my God, Burt Reynolds is an actor. Like that performance is, yeah. it's vulnerable, you know? Yeah. I mean, the, the, um, I mean we, we, I talked, I brought up Sylvester Stallone and, you know, like one of the best Stallone performances I, I ever remember seeing was Creed. Because he was finally yeah, not Rocky. He was just Sylvester. Yep. And I just really feel like Boogie Nights, Burt Reynolds is just Burt. In that, and he's vulnerable, yep. and yet he's still in power. But yet, you, you know, there's like a sadness to him, um, even though there's also this reverence. And I just think it's a beautiful performance. And, and casting-wise, like, just the brilliance of Mark Wahlberg in that lead role yeah. as this, this, this like cocky, you know, hey, man, you can't tell me anything, and I'm the biggest thing in the world, and I have my corner, and I'm happy with it, um, even yeah. though, you know, the drugs and everything else spiral out. But um, it's an amazing film, and, and just I, 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 a nice slice of a certain time period in a certain location. It feels very yeah. L.A., it, uh, or at least like the Valley you know, it feels very in the valley. It feels very of its time. Um, and P.T. Anderson is just one of the most phenomenal directors of all time. So, yeah, brilliant pick. Brilliant pick. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say there's a scene in the movie when when uh, when Mark Wahlberg's character, Dirk, comes home at the end after he's hit rock bottom. And he asks uh, Burt Reynolds' character, Jack, if he can stay with him. and And he goes to hug him. And you just see Mark Wahlberg breaking down, crying from his from behind, and you see Jack holding him, hugging him, mm. and he's like squeezing him, and he's got this look on his face, and mm -hmm. so in, so powerful. Yeah. Oh, it's my. so powerful. Yeah. And then that scene, there's a scene in the movie where, uh, where Mark, uh, Dirk, and Reed, and um, and and Thomas Jane's character. Uh, Todd Parker are going to make a drug buy mm -hmm. and they're in this they're in the drug dealer's house and he's he's throwing firecrackers and they're listening to Jesse's girl mm -hmm. and and uh, and then Sister Christian and uh, and 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 you see the look the Jesse's girl song is playing and that yeah. song is about wanting something that's not yours and you see Mark Wahlberg wanting that thing one yeah. he's hit he's he's at the lowest point now he's given blowjobs in parking mm -hmm. lots after being the top porn yeah. star for deck for over a couple of years mm -hmm. and now he's he's hit rock bottom he wants to reclaim his glory and he has this expression on his face like yeah we're gonna get this guy we're gonna steal, do this drug deal mm -hmm. we're gonna take all this guy's money but then he realizes like what the fuck am i doing with yeah. my life and then like he snaps out of it mm -hmm. and it the camera just it holds on his face and it's so brilliant yeah and that move, that scene to me was like, this guy. I don't give a shit whether he's releasing, uh, you know, Marky Mark and the Funk, Marky yeah. Mark and the Funky Bunch <laughs> on Sega Genesis video game and yeah. a workout CD and, mm -hmm. and 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 underwear model yeah. ads. The guy is a phenomenal actor, yeah. you know. And so yeah, that's my number one pick. Um, hey, hey, and just know. really quick, real quick, like, and you're talking about the Academy Award piece. I want to bring that back yes. because it also speaks to like when it rains, it pours, you know, like who's going to remember the artist is always the joke. Right. Um, yeah. But like, think about like you. So Paul Thomas Anderson comes out with Boogie Nights. Do you remember some of the other films that were out that year without cheating? I mean, I feel like Goodwill Hunting was the winner. Yep. 
Goodwill, so he doesn't win best screenplay because Goodwill Hunting, which is, you know, that's a jerk or not. So Burt Reynolds doesn't win best actor because Robin Williams in Goodwill Hunting is amazing. But then yeah. the film of the picture of the year was Titanic. That's Titanic right. came out in 98. So it's like, I mean, there was just no chance. That was like the biggest, it's the biggest movie of all time. It was just like yeah. the, the timing of it. Where it's just like, God dang, you know, any other year and Boogie Nights would have easily ran away with everything. But it was just like, we just happened to release the year Titanic and Goodwill Hunting aren't come out. And that's I think t- I, I think that's when I recognized other award shows like the Screen Actors mm-hmm. Guild and the mm-hmm. uh, Golden Globes as, as a kid at that time. I was like, I think I was 20 or something. Uh, was I? No, no. 76? Anyways, uh, to the mouth. Um, and yeah, and so I think at that time, I was kind of unfamiliar with all the other awards. And maybe the Spirit Awards were starting to come out around mm-hmm. that time, too, with the Independent Awards. So it was nice that it got recognition for what – but, yeah, there's no way. Yeah. There's no – and here's the thing. Outside of my buddy Matt, who who would be like, oh, I'll watch Titanic any day of the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you sit down with a group of people and you give them a choice between – Titanic, Goodwill Hunting, and Boogie Nights. There will be some Goodwill Hunting people. I yeah. get that. I'm not a huge fan, but I appreciate mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Boogie Nights for me. Yeah, but well, I think for and, most people, I think Boogie Nights would win that that argument for most people easily. Um, and yeah. and to circle back with Gone Girl, I think mm-hmm. Gone Girl is a very underrated David Fincher film. Yes, like David Fincher is known for certain movies. Seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Alien Three. No, yeah, you hey, know, hey, I, it, I rock with that. Charles S. Dutton, rock, rock. My only complaint is, and my complaint, and I had this discussion with Corey about this with Alien Three and Alien Four, mm-hmm. is they kill off some of the best characters yeah. in both movies. They, they killed off Charles S. Dutton. Mm-hmm. He was. I want to see him live. Yep. That's my biggest complaint with the Alien franchise. That Aliens got right. Yeah, Aliens ki- kept Hicks. And it kept Bishop, and it kept Nude, mm-hmm. and then just kill them all off. Yep, and like you, and that's the thing too. I mean, I, I we're in a world now where you know I think Game of Thrones has really changed things and everything. Where like now I watch a movie and I expect you know someone to die in the first fifteen minutes just to kind of set a tone. But back then, yeah, back then it's like you kept your characters, and the if they if the audience loved them then if they had to die, they would die for something. And, yes. you know, it was kind of like, oh, my God. There was a movie that came out recently. Oh, um, The Last Star Wars. I'm not going to ruin who, who, you know, who dies and who doesn't die. But in The Last Star Wars f- flick, there was a character who there's something that happens and you, the character is perceived to be dead, um, blowing up on a ship. And then five minutes later, that character comes back. And I'm like, you know what? It today now, if you're gonna kill a character that's beloved, it's got to come with some value. It's got to come with some meat. Um, but yeah. you just don't want wantonly just kill people just to kill. And and yeah, Aliens Three suffers from that problem. And I just, I yeah, there, there was a there was a phase in movies where um, you know it there was no lane. It was scattershot with with the impact of deaths and who died and who didn't and who got kept alive for what reasons, you know, mostly just because yeah. they were popular, but um, they didn't really serve a plot at a certain point. 
And um, and yeah, it's like that's the thing. Charles S. Dutton in that movie is bananas and great. And I can't believe that that Aliens Three came up again in our conversation. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know that 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 that's my mo though, dude. Like everyone that knows me knows every podcast I my I, I deviate or I segue into these really odd realms and we always come back we always do. some way we always do. We, we... And, and to come back to this list I think this proves it's so funny because I think people oftentimes you, you throw out a topic mm-hmm. what's your topic well nudity in movies mm-hmm. people go oh great so you're yeah. gonna talk about like the raunchy movie porkies no. porkies you talk about movies that have yeah I thought porkies would come up porkies didn't come up because it's not that kind of list yeah, it's not, and I think that's fine. I I know I know uh, you know. Save that for Corey's watch list, you know, <laughs> sleazy C. But uh, but yeah, here's the thing: like nudity serving a purpose in a movie. Uh, maybe it does, maybe it didn't. Some of our picks it didn't, but most of our picks it did yeah. for some reason. Uh, and they're all quality films. Mm-hmm. I think I know sh- some people will be like, "Oh, the Wraith is dog shit." Well, no, the Wraith is a fun, yeah, trip down memory lane. And, but, and um, sometimes the movies like it that that loop that I always love, where a movie can be so bad it's good again, and then you know keep going in the spiral. And yeah, I just the um, uh, the, the the good or badness of a movie really is just dictated by the audience. And if, exactly, if, 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 if there's sometimes I'm in a mindset. Where, you know, I'll watch, you know, some trashy reality crap. I don't normally like it, but hey, Too Hot to Handle is a great show. So. (laughs) I will never forget the fact that you did a fantasy football league for reality shows. And we got to pick all our characters. (laughs) That was ingenious, dude. Ingenious that, that. I, Never been repeated? No, no. Uh, I know it was exhausting to you. It was The thing is, uh, I, I do not <laughs> write code. And if I did, I would have built an algorithm to do all of the math for us. But this, yeah. the, 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 the thing that you notice when, you, when you're doing a, a, a fantasy um, draft or a fantasy pool of some sort in an arena that does not have statistics is yeah. – um, you know, what is a kiss is now a question and has to be debated by several people where it's like, no, that's a peck, man. I know a kiss, okay? Now, that is no kiss. That's a peck. A peck does not get yep. you five points. Now, a kiss gets you five points. Now, when, when Jocelyn and, Cor- and you know, uh, uh, Coriander hooked up, now, that was a kiss, right? <laughs> and heavy petting. Did you see where her hands went? No, because you know what? They were in a place they weren't supposed to be. Heavy petting, that's 10 points bonus. <laughs> yeah, for, for for those for those that don't know, really quick, uh, when D and I back in the day, when D and his wife Julie used to live down in in in, in Southern California, D wanted to do a uh, fantasy uh, reality show mm-hmm. uh, rotisserie. Yes, and and so we all picked different characters from different shows, from like Jersey Shore yeah. to The Bachelor. And, yeah, and there was and a so, there was a terrible like this was when VHS VH1 VHS VH1 another great movie. Uh, the yeah, uh, right? VH1 yeah. uh, had like the worst reality shows. Like VH1 was scraping the bottom of the barrel for any d bag that was yes. like in a state school outside of Vermont. 
uh, and uh, they had like Tool Academy and the the one Tool show Academy. there was one show that I think we were drafting from too. It was just like it was like money money mat money something, and it was just like people had to lug a hundred thousand dollars from one like city to another with no transportation. Yeah. It was really a grimy draft. It wasn't just the Bachelorette. Yes. Like we're talking about no. subsar like like you know flavor flav level <laughs> reality shows here. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think we did like uh, the Brett Michaels House of Love no. or Rock of Love or whatever and, no. and Flavor Flays. We, we, yeah, your choices were, were very hard to watch. Yes. And the fact that we had to watch all these. Yes. And you did too. And there was like debate and it got really intense. It did. Um, it did. Because I was like, no, man, I, I, I should get points for that. And you were, you were so cool about the whole thing. And you're like, yeah, okay, yeah, I'll give you points for that one. Like, yeah, because, yes. because the thing I'm is still, it's like still it's, in fifth it's, place. we're all adults and we all had lives and jobs <laughs> it's just yeah. like, at a certain point it was a war of attrition like whoever could just be like yeah i gave up i stopped watching that crap just take my money i don't care <laughs> that was yeah there were some people that tapped out yeah. i think i think uh i think we made it to the end yes we did you know. yes we did triumphant triumphant so, as always speaking of the end uh yeah. unfortunately we are at the end and 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 mm-hmm. again d having you on the show was phenomenal uh, where can we uh, where can we find you? Yeah, um, well, you could. Um, I'm well. Uh, I'm on Figueroa, um, yelling at <laughs> yelling at prostitutes. Uh, no, <laughs> this isn't real. No, this is real prostitution. Carol Baskins was a prostitute. <laughs> no, she um, killed her husband. Yeah, well, you could find uh, my film Cement Suitcase uh, on Amazon. Uh, they run the world. If you don't know what that is, uh, then I mean, you probably don't have COVID either. Um, and we uh, have a new film called Sorts uh, coming to festivals near you. Um, and uh, yeah, I'll send you the, the, the link for that. Um, and cool. then, yeah, other than that, man, just, it, you know, in, in the world we live in, um, you know, uh, whatever day this is in the, the near future, uh, people, here's, here's what I promote. Speak to each other, even if yeah. it's across the street. Say hello to each other. Now more than ever, we really need to uh, that human connection. And um, you know, whether you're doing it over a Skype, a Zoom, a hangout, a doobly wop, or whatever, uh, just be you know the real humanity shows in in, in tough times. And um, you know, wherever you know uh, you got going on, it takes two seconds to make someone's day by letting them know that you see them and saying hello. So. I promote courtesy. <laughs> Please, yeah, people. I like that. Just let's all be cool to each other because we're all going through stuff. And uh, and you know, it, it, this is a great world where two good friends can get on a podcast and talk a bunch of mess about movies they love, and maybe provide you with a little happiness on your ride home uh, from wherever you're coming from. So I thank you for doing this, uh, Zach. You, you, you're you're doing your part to make this world a better place, buddy. Well, I hope so. That's that's my uh, that's my goal is to make people smile and make them maybe learn a thing or two about a thing or two, and then uh, entertain them along the way. So oh. yeah, it's it's you're absolutely right. I uh, quick plug: you can find me on Two Dollar Late Fee, uh, which is another '80s nostalgia podcast, and Two Dollar Late Fee dot com. Obviously, with Corey on pod- podcasting after dark. Uh, $2LateFee.com is with me and Dustin Rubin, uh, two entertaining voiceover actors who do our best to keep you smiling. 
Podcasting After Dark, podcastingafterdark.com with Corey Stevenson and I. Uh, we have a good time, but uh, I get to do, this is, this is great. I get to hang out with my buddy and I get to talk about movies that I love and, uh, and I get to hopefully, yeah. If we put a smile on your face, great. If we didn't, then fuck you. Hey, no, it was uh, it was hey, it was free. You got what you paid for. <laughs> yeah, it's free. Damn it, you didn't you didn't pay five. Or if you're a Patreon yeah. subscriber, uh, we appreciate that too. Exactly. But um, yeah, just just uh, yeah, I I echo your sentiments. Thank you, buddy. Gonna... And just real quick before you go, Tango and Cash is a buddy film, and it is a really great film. How dare both of you two? Disgusting to me. But <laughs> well, cash and, and, and tango, it does tango have, and cash. Come it, on, man. It it does it does have Kurt Russell's butt yes. in it as well. Yes. I think. Oh, it was on the it was on the. On, I just you know I already knew your feelings about it, so I was just like, you know what, I'm not gonna step on that landmine. All right, let's just keep pushing well, forward. I, okay, I, I but I went through a phase with Tango and Cash really quick where <laughs> I saw Jackie Chan's Police Force. I saw Tango and Cash, loved it because I love Kurt Russell. I think Kurt Russell. He is my favorite actor of all time. Uh, mm-hmm. And I saw Tango and Cash and I loved it. And then someone told me about Jackie Chan's police force and mm. how they directly ripped off the scene where Stallone puts his gun up in the air mm-hmm. and uh, at, the, at the Big Mac truck and the guys fall out the window. Mm-hmm. It's a direct lift from Jackie Chan's yeah. police force. This was not at a time when this is not an homage. This was like a, we saw this in another <laughs> movie. Everyone, it's in it's in uh, China, so no one's going to know about it. So we just go and do it in America. <laughs> exactly what happened and i was like oh that's fucked up you know and and i i but i'm gladly will revisit that that is a terry hatcher performance as well that's phenomenal Um, i love my hatch hatch. yes who doesn't (laughs) d thank you so much for being on the show like i said uh earlier and i'll say it again check out cement suitcase on amazon and uh remind me of your second movie again all sorts all, all, sorts all sorts and i'll, I'll, send, I'll, I'll give you the website so that the people can click clack on the google uh, i appreciate yeah. it <laughs> and if and if you can hey do do uh say hi to your neighbor i will do a chalk yes. drawing yes. yes you know and 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 smile yeah make, make someone else smile for a change yeah. and um as always we'll catch you on the dark side Thank you for listening to Podcasting After Dark's Watchlist. And, as always, thank you for your support.